podcast is part of the Pod Syndicate family. For more criminally compelling shows, articles, and conversations, head to wearepodsyndicate.com. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and welcome to episode 415 of Film Bastards. My name is Ian Loring. As always, I'm joined by these fucking pricks. Becky Foster, hello everyone. Mark Foster, hello everybody. Right, so we just recorded the last part of our Twilight Saga Breaking Dawn marathon, Bastards Get Sparkly on the Patreon. And then I got railroaded. Railroaded, I tells you. <laughs> you suggested it. I didn't just suggest it for the patrons. Well, that's how I took it. So. Well, that, I mean, I, I weirdly didn't put up too much of a fight for some fucking reason. <laughs> so the next Patreon franchise will be Ian gets really uncomfortable watching body horror and pervy sex combine the Hellraiser films. <laughs> it's, like, it's like if you could design films <laughs> that would make Ian uncomfortable. It's amazing. I'm so excited. Apparently there's ten of them. We're gonna do two a week. Two dollars a month. Patreon.com forward slash film bastards. If you want to hit Ian, be really uncomfortable. Really, just I'm really. I I suggested watching the Hellraiser films because I just thought I'm probably gonna tap out after two or three, and there's no shame in that. But no, no. Right fine anyway it's fine it's fine i'm just gonna keep on telling myself that it's fine it's fine gonna have to watch them with some beers yes and it's gonna be fine i remember the first one being a good film yes yes you know so as well the practical effects are great there you go you know so yeah telling uh, yourself it's only a movie I just like I. Uh, I don't like. I just I don't know. Like I don't like what the, like people jerk off to like torture where people are getting their fucking skin flayed or something or those people getting their skin flayed are fucking jerking off while someone throws CDs at someone's head. And you'll so, come out at the other end of this uh, a, a completely different man, Ian. I don't think I will. Different tastes and wants. Uh, I don't. <laughs> Chains so. involved. Nah, mate. Nah. Right. Anyway. Yeah. Oh, fucking hell. It's really just put me in a fucking weird place, this. I don't... <laughs> right. Um. Coming up on this week's show, we are... I wanted to carry on with Fincher Club, you know. Like, I just... It's fine. I feel like the urgency has gone with Fincher Club, though, because we were doing it to, to I, get them all in the bank. With bank. I, I, I feel like it, 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 it could be quite nice if we start that again in November, and then after we've done that Hellraiser, and end up doing the last one on the one-year anniversary when Mank <laughs> came out. Oh, man. Okay. All right. We can we can work something out there. I like that. Okay. That's perked me up. That's perked me up. Right. Okay. So, coming up on this week's show, we're going to be talking about, um, weirdly, kind of like quiet, big release week, um, even though it's still two weeks before Bond. Uh, well, it was last week. Uh, it's only seven days till Bond now. In a week, in exactly a week's time, I will be fucking watching No Time to Die. Jesus Christ. Uh, but for now, we are going to be talking about Sion Sono's English language debut, the Nicolas Cage starring Prisoners of the Ghostland, and the Karen Gillan um, actioner, which was 
getting a fair amount of buzz when the trailer came out. Uh, but we'll, we'll see how the film is. Gunpowder Milkshake. And we've also got our retro review of, uh, I don't know, more pervy shit with David Lynch's Lost Highway. Um, I, it's, but, you know, it's, it's all right. And it's got the mystery man who's fucking terrifying. We'll, we'll, and uh, we'll also do the results of the patron poll na- uh, later on in the show that I have not seen yet. I've purposely kept myself hidden away from that. And we all have to decide a patron film to cover in the show the week after next. So we've got lots to get on with. Uh, already mentioned patreon.com forward slash film bastards. Uh, Mark and I recorded a commentary for Casino Royale. Uh, had a good time recording that. That was fun. Finer fucking Lee. Finer fucking Lee. That's right. Um, and uh, by the time that this comes out, the Quantum of Solace show will be out as well. Um, and then in the lead up to No Time to Die, uh, over the next uh, well few days as you listen to this, there'll be Spectre and Skyfall as well. So uh, a lot of stuff for the patrons. Um, and I might do some sort of solo patron series to wash the Hellraiser taste out of my mouth as well, but we'll see. Um, la, da, 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 da. So we are podsyndicate.com uh, for other like-minded, uh, fine-feathered friends such as Chinstroker versus Punter, Entertainment Landfill, The Iron Sequel, his film, her movie, um, uh, The Rewatch Project. Um, and I think that's that. Uh kick off the news by saying uh, it was announced today that director uh, Roger Michelle sadly died, uh, director of Notting Hill, but also director of the film adaptation of my favourite book uh, ever, uh, Enduring Love. Um, so uh, I was very saddened to uh, hear of that. His latest film, The Duke, um, has been postponed and postponed and postponed uh, and is due out next year. And uh, sadly, he's not going to be around to see the release of it, which is a crying shame. It is, yeah, especially as it's the, the early word. It's, it's very, very good. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, Roger Michelle, uh, 65, I think. No, uh, 64, <laughs> I think he was. And uh, that's kind of no age these days, is it? So, no, not really. Uh, 65. He was 65. He was uh, just about 65. Uh, yeah, that's, uh, that was sad. Um, he also directed Morning Glory, which is a really fun. Fun, yeah, it's a really fun. good movie, Morning Glory. Yeah, yeah, really underseen uh, bit of work as well. So yeah. Um, anyway, uh, that yeah, very sad. Um, in terms of other news, um, I'm sure there has been some stuff, but it's been a fairly quiet week. Hmm. There's probably something like massive that we're completely missing. Yeah, I just feel like I feel like there is, but I'm not finding it if there is. Yeah, not sure if there's anything actually major gone on this week. No, no. Um, There's something really exciting happening tomorrow. Oh, oh, what? The new Mike Flanagan TV show starts. Well, Midnight Mass. Yeah, yeah. Cool Cool. TV. It's going to be a, a, a night of binging. binging. I will be trying out the Foundation, the Apple TV show. And we'll leave TV there. Strictly's back. <laughs> Christ. So you'll watch that shit, but you won't watch 
a TV show that's getting really great reviews from a director that you really like, but you're nah. watching Strictly. Yeah, because I like Strictly because it brings me joy. Okay. Why do you hit joy, Becky? I mean, Strictly wouldn't bring me joy. But it brings you joy. That's fine. Why do you hit joy? I don't hate joy. Midnight well, Mass will bring me joy. There you go, then. Um, Emma Thompson's husband, I think, is going to get to the final or win it. Because is, is, is he literally in it because Emma Thompson's husband? I mean, he, he is an actor, but also Either. he's a fucking first trap for the older ladies. I tell you what, good looking dude. And he's got some moves as well. So there you go. Greg Wise. That's uh, oh, who... I, I didn't even know that he was Emma Thompson's husband. I don't even know who he is. He's an actor of medium note. That's probably fair. Um, they, 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 that, they, I, I, I'm not commenting on his acting ability there. I'm just saying it's not like he's a household name or anything like that. But no, I mean to be fair, neither of us really quite un, un, uh, understood the impact of Tobias Menzies, who plays Judy Dench's assistant in Casino Royale. In the commentary, I'm just constantly going, "Where's the other guy?" And then that <laughs> night, he won a fucking Emmy. I mean, I'm not, saying, I'm not saying that we had some influence on that, but we did We did remind the world about him in, our, <laughs> in that. Yes, quite. Um, like, I mean, he's made a decent like, career out for himself. I think what a fucking Emmy. Oh, <laughs> he was Prince Philip in the crown. Oh, fair play then. Then he went to fucking Emmy for that that night. Brilliant. Um, I mean, it's an Emmy. I don't, that's, a big, that's a big deal. Yeah. It's a, it's, isn't it the film Grammys? <laughs> I mean, I, I, it's nice to win things. That's fine. And, and I, I will never win one, so he's doing better than me on that one. But he did have to be in the crown. He did have to be in the crown. He's just royalist propaganda. Yes. Okay. That That's enough TV. Fucking... Becky and her TV, right? One, sorry, one, one thing. Actually, one thing that I, I, I did find really interesting this week. So uh, Netflix have signed, uh, basically bought the rights to the Roald Dahl estate, yeah, um, and they can basically make whatever they want. Just as Warner Brothers are going to start filming a Willy Wonka prequel starring Timothy Chalamet. Um. Oh God. Warner's have got to be fucking pissed. Is that a fuck? That that sounds like it should be a fucking onion headline. It does. It, it it's being directed by Paul King. Um, the 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 man. I, I, like he directed the fucking Paddington films. So I'm interested. You know, like it. But it it just it's the fact that Warner are doing this now. But it's like. If they want to do anything in the future with it, I'm assuming they're going to have to basically negotiate with Netflix. <laughs> I'm going to stay quiet on this for my feelings against Roald Dahl. Well, and his, and he, and his constant anti-Semitic comments. Mm. No, I mean, it's, it is fucking mental that, that Roald Dahl kind of has the legacy that he does when he was Roald Dahl. Yeah. Well, uh, I think, I think yeah. it was kept quiet quite well. Up to like, a point. Like everybody but him. Yeah. <laughs> Who would bring it up at any opportunity that he fucking got? Yo, Jews, I hate them. Buy my book. Yeah. Yeah, he was a piece of I, shit. I, yeah, I think 
Netflix are going to be surprised by the reactions to things they are going to get. Yeah. Uh, by people on this, but um, it, 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 it is it is like it is like the god. Well done, everyone loves that. Yeah, should we just do a quick search? I think it'll be fine. <laughs> mm. Let's pay four hundred million. There you go. I, I, just just quickly before we do that, I, we've already done it. Oh, okay, I'm gonna stay fucking quiet on this one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, hell of a uh, yeah, it's just bonkers. Um. But yeah, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see how that pans out. They're doing a, an adaptation of the musical of Matilda, uh, which I think is filming now or filming soon, um, which Netflix are co- uh, co-releasing with Sony. Um, that, I don't know, that could be interesting. I think Tim Minchin did the book for that, I want to say. I think uh, is, yeah. So, yeah, I, but I don't know. We'll see. The, the, the Zemeckis witches was incredibly. Uh, I mean, that yeah, nobody has remembered that that existed, and it only existed like a few months ago. Yeah, I mean, it was like last October that fucking thing came out. I, I just like it was so funny how it was just like, like it was pulled off the release schedule, and then it was just like a trailer for it. Oh, it's on HBO Max in like two weeks. <laughs> oh, <laughs> what was it? Crazy. Um. Yeah, so, um, you know, uh, I think all eyes are towards No Time to Die at the moment. Yeah. Um, you know, like, thing, a TIFF happened, uh, Belfast won the People's Choice at TIFF, uh, which people seem to think is putting that in early best picture, front-runner contention. There is an awful lot of road to go with that, and stuff with early momentum doesn't usually tend to pan out, like, overall. But I, I think it stakes out Belfast as a as a bit of a one to watch. I'm hoping to see that at LFF in a couple of weeks. So hopefully I'll have some uh, word on that sooner rather than later. But we'll uh, we'll we'll see. I'm hoping to watch the uh, woman fucks a car film a bit more. To be honest, um, I mean I, I, I'm excited for both. Yes, I, I mean so am I. I also the fact that woman fucks a car is coming out on New Year's Eve. I think is very funny. If that film, if I can't see that at LFF, I think I am good. Like I'm going to go see that. Literally my first film of 2022 is woman fucks a car. I, I will be very happy with that. Like, yeah. That first film of this year. Is it a gentleman? Your first film of this year. Yeah. Was that this year? Mm-mm. First cinema nah. film. It can't, that first cinema film this year, Spiral, yeah. surely. Oh, of course, yeah, it was the year before, wasn't it, gentlemen? I'm getting, it, that, this year has been so fucking short. Mm. Short long, it's been a short long year. Mm. I don't think it, what, what, there's something else we saw before Spiral. Um, what was out that week? Hmm. Midnight Sky? Did you see that in the cinema? We wouldn't have seen that in the cinema. Oh, what is that? So when will it have been? It'll have been like April, will it have been? May. Oh, God. May yeah. 17th oh, was the day they all opened again. So let's have a look. The Unholy? Was it The Unholy or Those Who Wish Me Dead? We, no, we were away, weren't we, Bex? Yeah. 
So the first one we saw at the cinema was Conjuring Devil Made Me Do It. Yeah, it was, yeah. Oh, that's welcoming you back. We did the Conjuring Devil Made Me Do It. Those of which we did in the Unholy and Spiral all in two days. <laughs> nice. Oi. Fucking hell, Earwig and the Witch was this year. Yeah. I kind of need you two to watch that because it's Ghibli and I need to hear your opinions. You said it was shit. I know I did. But it's not really inspiring us to watch it then. But it's Ghibli. I know, but... We'll give it a go before the end of the year, I'm sure. Isn't it really ugly? Yeah, it is, but so is the Hellraiser films and you're making me watch ten of them. They're not, they're beautiful. Fuck off. <laughs> I don't want I don't want Earwig and the Witch to fucking ruin Ghibli for me and to send well, me into an existential spiral me about and its future. Me and has got one coming out, hasn't he, next year. Can I watch um, Nausicaa afterwards? Yes. Okay. Nausicaa. Um, so, should we talk some trailers? What have we got? Um, not that many, um, to be honest, from our end. Um, Every time I see a thumbnail or anything from that dear Evan Hansen, it just makes me like die a little bit inside. I fucking love it. I can't wait. I've got. I am kind of softly approaching cat's level of excitement for dear Evan Hansen. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Is that because a lot of the things are saying? Look, this is the worst move, worst big movie that's come out since Cats. (laughs) I fucking need it. Like the sequel, there needs to be a mid-credit sting. Where it, it, it's revealed that the sequel will be Deal Russell Crowe. <laughs> and it's Russell Crowe playing a 12-year-old girl. <laughs> yeah. But just as, like, Russell Crowe, as big as he is in un- Unhinged. Yeah, and just wandering around. What is it? Just... Oh, Russell Crowe. Do you know what? For some reason, my brain changed that to Russell Brand. And Russell Brand as a 12-year-old girl makes more sense than Russell Crowe. So I was like, yeah, fine. Russell Brand. You know, when we did that thing, like, a few weeks ago, we were trying to predict who might come out as, you know, a bit wrong. Oh, man. We all all, all said there's an obvious one, isn't there? You've just found it. It's Russell Brand. Um, Mm. Yeah. Russell Brand, who, who, who seems like the kind of guy who, who would really like to form a cult, but he isn't bright enough. Yeah, yeah. Um, a, a trailer that I was really looking forward to that then happened, and I asked Ian, "Isn't the trailer for the, the said movie supposed to come out in the next few days?" And Ian responded with, "Yes, it did two days ago." Oh yes, indeed. Uh, the new Guillermo del Toro trailer for Nightmare Alley, mm. which do you know what? Looks like a Guillermo del Toro movie. Mm. Does does I mean? I didn't. I, I wouldn't have even need to see the trailer for that because if it's if it's Del Toro, I'll just watch it. So I, I, I'm 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 really looking forward to this. Mm. I am very very worried. Oh, sorry, Bex. Sorry, I was just saying it's got it's got it's got a cast. I mean, that's that's some post Oscars heat for you. Mm. You know what I mean? Like it, it's um. I'm worried that this one is going to come out in America in December and it's not going to come out over here until like mid-February. Um, yeah, there's a possibility because it's not got it's not got a UK release date, has it? Ha- yeah, it hasn't got a release date confirmed yet, and that's that has yeah. I mean, it's not exactly got me on edge because like I I'm not chomping at the bit for it, which is weird because I fucking love The Shape of Water. Um, but I yeah I. 
I don't know. This kind of was just these people are in this and it looks like a Guillermo del Toro film. Yeah. Which is maybe all you need. But I, I I would have liked a bit more of a sense of what the film actually is about. That yeah, yeah, I kind of like that though that we don't get that. You want to know what IMDb says? I don't want to know what it's about. Okay. I'm, I'm I'm happy not knowing. I'm happy just going in with that cast and sitting and watching them for two hours and twenty minutes. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Even Kate Blanchett. Even Kate Blanchett. Oh, yeah, all right, all right. Yeah. Um, I'm, 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 I'm very. She's redeemed herself a bit, hasn't she, with um, Oceans? Yeah, with the with the strong uh, wardrobe game. Yeah, it is strong. Kate Blanchett in Oceans would get it. Maybe we need dear Kate Blanchett, where she plays a like eighteen year old uh, male high school high school student. <laughs> I, I, like, I just just coming back to dear evan hansen for just a second right the thing is ben platt is kind of like like going out there and publicly saying like oh you know i'm trying to ignore all the mean things that people are saying nah mate fuck off i'm sorry no you're in you're in your like mid to late 20s and you're trying to act as a high school student against like all these all these other people and like i said on the show before i've had like an ex- like literally an experience in my school of someone protected like an older person pretending to be a younger person and it, like it, the whole how's it going fellow kids kind of vibe that's all i get off of it and i think it's fucking hilarious that they've tried and i get that he was the the singer on like the person on broadway for it and he won a tony and all that shit it was a bad idea it's like it, it, it's a bad idea and the hubris to go we're gonna do it anyway and for him to fucking do that no uh, I'm, I'm sorry no you it it deserves all the stick that it is getting it, it's if, an awful if, fucking decision having him be in it if you'd have if you'd have shown me a picture not with zero context of ben platt that ben platt in Darren and Ansel, and told me that he was only 26 at the time, I would have gone, fuck off, you're lying, he looks like he's in his early 50s. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it, it, that's that's it. He doesn't look 26, he looks a lot older than 26, he, and he's playing fucking 17. Yeah. And apparent, apparently in that film, I, I think maybe he has sex with Caitlin Deaver. And no. <laughs> no. I, I just, yeah, I... I am going to watch out of the most curiosity of curiosities, but going, this is going to be bad. And I don't like doing that with movies because I like to, I I, I like liking movies. It's weird that, but I, I am never going to maybe going, yeah, this is going to be shit. I always go to maybe hoping that it's going to, that I'm going to come out of it and go, I actually really fucking enjoyed that. One of my joys of last year was the prom and how much I enjoyed it because I watched it thinking it was going to be, Going there with an open mind, but think it was going to be garbage and went, no, do you know what? That was really fun. No, I mean, that's it. I hope it's a good time. I'll be honest, there is a part of me that wants to laugh at it because honestly, I'm actually a little bit offended by it. <laughs> yeah. I, and I, I know that sounds stupid, but I, I, I am. It's it just like that guy in my school for this fucking documentary, he really, really emotionally hurt a girl. Like, who wasn't necessarily a friend of mine, but was just a really nice girl. 
and like just the that whole and i know that's not what the story of De- dear evan hansen is but it just subconsciously makes me just go that's fucking icky i don't like it fuck you I know, uh, I, I, i'm with you there <laughs> Anyway, yeah, um, I'm looking forward to laughing at it. But if it's a good, if it's good, you'll be the, I'll be the first one to say, do you know what? Fair enough, it was good. I'm sure he'll be shit, but hey. <laughs> um, tragedy of Macbeth. Oh, right. Um, I am double billing this. Closing night of LFF, but the art house in Cardiff are doing it. I am double billing this with that Tilda Swinton one where she's got that noise in her head. Oh. What a fucking night that's going to be. That's going to be a big old night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's going to be a night and a half, that one. Like, I, I mean, I'm glad this one's the second one, if I'm honest. Um, it, look, it looks like it's going to be gorgeous. I'm really looking forward to Denzel Washington being Macbeth. I could take or leave Francis McDormand being fucking Lady Macbeth. But I think it's Again, weird. Yeah, the, the, it, Francis McDormand, it, 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 the more I'm seeing of her recently, of her as a person, and I'm thinking, you need to go away for a little bit. Yeah, she can fuck off. She was no, I'm, something else just generally being a bit of a tit again the other day. It, it's, I, I will just say, though, like I think that's a really, really interesting... Um, uh, pairing, really interesting pairing. Mm, it's so it's going to be interesting to see what like the first Cohen film that isn't a Cohen Brothers film is going to be like. Mm. Yeah, yeah, it, that's interesting as well. Like, what is the story of that? Ethan Cohen just done, is he? Or... Uh, Ethan just it doesn't have any interest in making movies again at the uh, at the moment, apparently. He's just. He said, "I just. I don't. I don't have any. There's no ideas. I just. I just. I don't." He's basically said he doesn't want to be on a movie set anymore. That he's kind of done with it for the time being, and that it would be. It'd be wrong for him to be, kind of doing it when his heart isn't in it. When they've always worked as a team, uh, and as they said. But also, Joel has ideas of things that he wants to do. And I can't go, well, no, we work as a team. <laughs> so, you know, it's it, it, it's an interesting idea of, of doing it. But um, that he said, it might not be that that's it. I'm done forever. But I just don't want to at the moment. Okay. Yeah. Well, what do you guys think of this trailer anyway? Really liked it. Um, it looks like it's going to be, like you said, there's, there's some nice imagery in it there. Um, it, it looks like it's going to be a very, um, one of the more serious Cohen movies, rather than it's not going to be the tragedy of Macbeth doing like a Hail Caesar kind of thing. I think it's going to be closer leaning to something um, like um, No Country for Old Men or of that element of it, where it's, it, they have done this. Blood Simple, again, is another mm. one that is quite... That they it, do gravity when they need to. Yeah. So I think it's going to be that. What do you think to it? I haven't seen it. Oh, cool. <laughs> That's... Would you like me to watch it? Yeah, go watch it now if you want. It's like a teaser, so it's not long. 
Uh, have you got any others, Ian? Because I, I don't, and I've realised I've missed quite a few. <laughs> I kind of feel like I don't, actually. Well, well, I'll have to fill for a minute, because Bex is just off to go and watch <laughs> the What Is It trailer. Oh, okay. Um... Yeah, so there is actually... Good... The thing is... Right, so here's one. There's a new Halloween Kills trailer that is the oh, final yeah. trailer. All right, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I haven't watched it. Um, and it's not like like the Finch trailer that I have just I've just missed it. Fuck, I watched I, the Finch trailer as well. Sorry, yeah. I, I specifically uh, haven't watched the Halloween Kills trailer because I kind of like no, I I I know enough of what I want to know. I don't want to know any more about that. I just want to watch it now. Yeah, I mean, it. I don't know, like, my, my fucking, it's not necessarily got any anything to do with the quality, but my fucking buzz for this kind of went out the window when they were like, oh, yeah, it'll be on Peacock in the US the same day. I don't know, it just, like, it doesn't feel like an event. Um, I'll watch it, and I'll watch it in the cinema, to be clear. I'm not, like, I'm not going to ask, like, ask for a torrent of any one of this. I do want to see it in the cinema. Um. Even though, then again, thinking about it, that weekend we got The Last Duel and it's my Memoria Tragedy of Macbeth double bill. So I might not even get round to it first weekend. We'll see, you know. But, um, yeah, I don't know. And it's just the fact that we know another one's coming as well. And it's like, OK, so all the way through, it's going to be all right. What how what pieces are they going to set up for this next one then? Um, we'll see. The new trailer does nothing to really change my opinion on it either way. Yeah, um, I, just, I, I I'm very much with it. I just I don't I don't need to see any more. I'm going to see it. Um, I'm not that excited for it. Um, boo boo boo. Which one you on about? Uh, Halloween Kills, the trailer that I said I'm not going to watch it. Um, have you watched the uh, Macbeth tragedy of Macbeth trailer? I have. Yeah, like you say, it's only a teaser, so it doesn't give you an awful lot, does it? But I'm very much here for the aesthetic. Yeah. I, I, I do like the fact that we get the Denzel smile in it at one point, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like Denzel does this thing, you're like, fucking hell, Denzel is my best. I am down for that. And then he does like the Denzel smile, and you go, oh, you charismatic fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I, 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 will, I will say as well, though, uh, Finch, um, uh, not looking forward to dog danger. I think I'll leave it there. Um, it looks all right. It it, it it looks all right. I'm kind of not surprised that Universal were like, yeah, all right, we'll sell it to a streamer if we're going to make a little bit of money on it. Because I'm I'm not entirely sure that it would have necessarily competed in the uh, theatrical landscape that we're going to be having from October onwards. Yeah. Um, it's, it's Apple, isn't it? Yeah. It literally, it does seem a little bit like whoever is in charge of acquisitions for films at Apple is a really big Tom Hanks fan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he's gone, right, what films can we can we acquire? Well, 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 wait, wait, this fucker, this fucker. Has he got Tom Hanks in it? Yeah, but come on. Tom. I, it's, it, it, Apple's um, strategy is fucking fascinating. Um you know, like they released Coda, which I still haven't seen yet. You know, yep. one, I think it won, uh, won a big prize at Sundance. Like yep. they paid like $20 million for the rights for it. Came out on Apple TV in August and it's just like, yeah, I'll get to it at some point. You know, that's all I think of with that. 
Um, and that you know they've 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 released some documentaries. They did that Justin Timberlake one with the one name that, that I can't the one word in the title that I can't remember. Palmer maybe. Yeah. Um, right, yeah. Yeah. Um, but then they're doing the tragedy of Macbeth. Um, yep. it, it it does it feels scattershot but also classy. Yeah, it's odd, isn't it? Because am I right in thinking they're doing um, Killers of the Flower Moon as well? Yeah, 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 yeah. So they're, 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 this is it. It's like the they're not doing the Netflix thing of we're just gonna fucking do like two or three films a week of all sorts of genres. It looks like they are at least going for a pretense of we are Apple and we almost like we believe in this release it, it does it does feel a little bit more like they're, they're gonna like the fact that people are gonna go to the cinema as well to sit down and see apple on there yeah and there, there, and there is a theatrical window on this fucker as well at least in the yeah. u.s it's out on christmas day in the u.s then on apple tv in like mid-january um and i wouldn't be surprised if or scorsese they give it at least a month wait between the two i think that's what's agreed i think that it is it's gonna be a month yeah and I, I I will say as well, in ter- um, Mike talks about streaming quality quite a lot um, in our in our boy chat, yeah. And it, like how Disney Plus is better than Netflix. I've got to say, I think Apple TV Plus may be the best one. Their shit looks fucking amazing. Yeah, it's it's, it's a, it's, a good, it, it, it's it's very good looking. And I, yeah, and I I, I kind of wonder whether that whole aspect of like Netflix basically almost dictate how they want all their content to look like a universal kind of style guide. Yeah. Whether the fact that Disney and, um, and uh, Apple TV don't seem to do that. Maybe that make that makes a difference or maybe it's just bit rate. I don't know, but like Apple TV content looks great. Like Donald was watching the morning show yesterday. Uh, um, and like, I was, I was kind of like poking my head up every now and then um, poking my head up. Sounds like I was doing something. I wasn't. Um, and sofa. <laughs> yeah, yeah, oh, no, no. yeah. Uh, but no, I mean, and it looked fucking. It looked great. It looked great. And this Ted Lasso looks brilliant as well. Um, but yeah. Anyway, um, where were we? Sorry, I tangented. Prisoners of the Ghostland, starring uh, Nicholas Cage, Sophia Batella, and Nick Casavetes, and directed by Sion Sono. So, this is the story of. Hero, played by Nicolas Cage, uh, who is basically, uh, he's been imprisoned for a uh, robbery where a bunch of people, including a small child, were killed. And he is freed by the um, governor. Uh, the governor, yeah. And who's he played by? He's played Bill by Mosley. Bill Mosley. That was it. Thank you. Um, who tasks him with a mission to save his granddaughter. Um, but he applies a bunch of explosives all over him. So if the uh, task isn't completed, uh, part body parts will blow off, including his testes. That's only um, uh, oh, oh yes, and if he gets uh, if he gets horny, then his his testes will be exploded. Um, he goes off into the ghost land to uh, try and rescue her, and things go from there. Mark, you had much experience with Sion Sono. Yes. Okay, great question. Uh, great answer. <laughs> um, I don't know what else I was expecting, actually, to be fair. Um, Bex. 
<laughs> I haven't watched all of his films, but I have watched several of his movies. And did this feel like it was of a piece? No. It's not. It's a movie that is constantly trying to tell you how weird it is. Um, But the problem is, it's so achingly trying to be crazy and weird and bits like that, that it forgets to at any point be entertaining. No, I disagree with you there. That's fine, you're entitled to be wrong. The same as I said to you after we watched it and you said exactly the same thing. I think, like, his films are weird. And I think when you watch it and it's, it's... a Japanese cast, you just go crazy, crazy Asian cinema. But, but when you put a uh, Western actor in it, it then makes it feel like it's trying to be weird. I think it's just he makes weird films. But I, and I think I, if there was a, a, like a Japanese actor in that main role, I don't think you'd be saying the same thing. I, but I, I don't think that this is in any way weird. I just think it's. I mean, it's a bit weird. No, it, it's not. If you if you specifically set out to make something weird, then you're not actually making something weird. You're just making does. something quite boring. It's the it's the Jackson Pollock thing. Anyone can do the the, the theory of what Jackson Pollock does with his paintings, but only Jackson Pollock could do a Jackson Pollock. And this is what this feels like. It feels like somebody just, let's like say, intentionally trying to make something weird. And it just ends up being really quite boring throughout its entire... And that, that's fine. I think if you're either, if you're on board with it and you're along for the ride, I think you'll have a, a good time with it. But I, I, at no point did it get me and get me along for the ride. It just made me go, ah, oh, oh. You're doing all of this to just it, it. It just felt out of out of whack with itself. Okay, so uh, Bex, obviously you, you disagree with uh, with Mark there. So, um, what you know, what was the aspect that kind of really actually kind of like engaged you and made you kind of sit up and pay attention here? I just, I think, I think it, the, the weirdness doesn't feel forced to me. It just feels like one of his films I think the reason that it, it's a bit jarring perhaps is that in the middle of it you've got Nicolas Cage so you, you're kind of expecting a more westernized movie but it's not it's just him he's been transplanted into that kind of movie instead of that movie being adapted because it's got him in it so I don't I don't think the weirdness feels forced I like I like the weirdness of it. I like the aesthetic of it. I like the Nicolas Cage-ness of it. I just, it, it all just worked for me. I really, really liked it. Yeah, I okay. I mean, that's, 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 that's good. I mean, I'm glad, I'm glad it worked for you. I, I, I was very, very much in Mark's camp on this, to be honest. Um, I was rather bored for chunks of it. And when I wasn't, to be honest, it was because Nicolas Cage was delivering a line reading I wasn't expecting. <laughs> Is that when he shouts testicle? Test, yeah. And um, the noise that he makes when his ball gets blown off, where he's like, <laughs> you know, I, I thought was uh, was was very entertaining. I enjoyed that. I wonder if it was Nicolas Cage's 
like input as well that that made it so that literally every female in this movie was thirsty for Nicolas Cage. Yeah, but I think it is because it happens quite a bit in in, in recent Nicolas Cage movies. But it's like when they were doing. It's not a bad looking bloke. Don't get me wrong. It's when they were doing the drawing of him, and it's like I mean that's fucking generous. He's right in front of you. <laughs> and then he takes his like his cloth panties off, and then she scrub, she rubs out the, the groin area. Yeah, yeah that amused me. I am, I am a little bit upset that we didn't get to see just her drawing his wang after that. Yeah, 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 quite. Um, I don't know. It just it. It, like, I, it it did feel like it was just aiming for crazy. And, you know, like Nicolas Cage saying, this is the craziest film I've ever made. It's not, though. It's, not. Like, it's just, it's not. <laughs> yeah. um, it's not. I mean, it's sweet that he thinks it is. Yeah, but, it, it, but this is the man who made Vampire's Kiss. I, I, was, I was just thinking Vampire's Kiss. I mean, uh, uh, Nicolas Cage reciting the alphabet in Vampire's Kiss is crazier than anything in Prisoners of the Ghostland. Nicolas Cage under his sofa going... <laughs> when he's crying in Vampire's Kids is crazier than anything in this. But him just running around going, I'm a vampire, I'm a vampire, you know. He's, he, he, Vampire's he, Kids is a great movie. It, it, oh, God, that film's fun. Um, I just I remember when I watched that and me and Noel basically watched it at the same time and we were just texting each other through it. It was, oh, it was great. Um, yeah, I, I, it, it's, I think Sophia Batella is decent, you know, and I think Nicolas Cage is good. It just, once he kind of goes off and uh, it's, you know, there's barely any context for any of it. Um, you get that they're stuck there because of this, like the, these ghosts, but then the culmination of it is Nick Cassavetes is a ghost and just goes, yeah, all right, you can leave. Because we had some fun, didn't we? Yeah. I, I just, <laughs> it, it, it's like, I just, no, nah, I don't, I don't, I don't get it. And it's like, if it was 80 minutes and it was kind of like, you just cut out some of the more montage stuff and it just flows a bit better and it's more focused on what Cage is bringing to it and, and, and the action, I think you'd be fine. But at an hour and 40 minutes, it, it did try my patience quite severely. What, what did I say after we watched it, Max? Oh, you did your whole 90-minute movie bullshit. If it had been a 90-minute movie, <laughs> it would have been better. It's got quite an hour that you could easily... You, you didn't need as much of the governor as you got. Governor? Yeah. No, quite. I don't think he was really her granddad either. No, I don't think that I he think was he really the granddad. Do inappropriate things to I her. think he did do inappropriate yeah. things to her. Poor boots. Yeah. 100 percent did yeah absolutely i yeah i don't i mean i'm, 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 I'm glad you're becky is it boots's fringe no was it boots's sister yeah yeah she was really annoying why was she annoying becky did i say something horrible was it because she was ugly well, yes yeah. you did say i really <laughs> hope she dies why bex because she's really ugly she's really ugly <laughs> I really hoped that Dakota Fanning would die in fucking Breaking Dawn Part 2 because her eye makeup was bullshit. I have weird reasons for things. You see, and you claim I have no depth. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Oh, man. She was was so shrill, the sister. When she's fucking... What's what's the character's name? Is it Bernice? Yeah. Yeah. 
And she's just sat in the car, like, screaming Bernice. And it's like, oh, fucking shut up. And then she starts waving a toy robot around at she people. Does, Do you know why? Bang, 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 bang. Do you know why? Why? Because it's still weird. Oh, shut up. Things can just be weird. If you just intentionally make them weird. You remember Love Exposure, right? I do remember Love Exposure. And Tokyo Gawkway. And Love Exposure They're was... They're all weird. Love Exposure felt like it, it felt like it made sense with its weirdness. It, it didn't just feel... Do you, know, do you know what did this better? Go on. Turbo Kid did this oh, better. Uh, yeah, I, this gave me real Turbo Kid vibes. I love it. That's great, yeah. Shell. It, it, it just did this whole thing better. You stole my thing because you knew I was thinking that because I asked you to fucking find it for me. Yeah, but I, but I, I agreed with you when you made the, the point, is that yeah. it, it that's a better movie. It's quirky, it's weird, it's sweet. This it is is none of those things. And it isn't, it isn't even that wacky. It's quite funny, though. What, this? Yeah. It's a real funny bit. I mean, the bit where he gets his ball blown off and then he's just holding it but even that I, I just I, I think I remember turning around to you and going how oh, did that actually just blow his ball off and then when I was thinking after it I'm sure he'd probably have bled out by now no, I mean there, there, there is all throughout the film it is just like he's basically like a Ken doll or something like you just yeah. blow bits off of him and he's alright but like when, he, when his arm blew up he didn't even blow his arm off but it like blew all that that'd be really hurt it really hurt and then he's got a sword arm yeah but then we get a sword arm out of nowhere why not that crazy rat man made it for him it just no sorry it's bobbins it's not bobbins <laughs> it's bobbins you're just a fucking misery no i'm not actually it's, i'm kind of also a misery on this one bex i'm sorry yeah bobbins I am very glad you enjoyed it. I really did. But uh, but I think because you also enjoyed that Mandy as well, didn't you? Yes. And I thought that was Bobbins. Yeah, you did. Yeah. I think maybe that just the the Nick Cage thing is wearing off with me because again you were like Wally's World, didn't you? Oh, I I, I really want to rewatch Willy's World. Wait, uh, Willy's Wonderland. Yeah. 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 And Ian thought that was Bobbins. Yeah, well, Ian's just a fucking misery though, isn't he? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I am. Yeah, speed before recording or something. I think it maybe have different opinions. I, I don't, th- I don't think anybody wants me to take speed, do they? <laughs> maybe before Hellraiser. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, I'm sorry, Becky. I hate to say, but I'm, I'm, I'm shit on prisoners of the grass Um, I'm touching cloth. I'm touch. Yeah, I'm touching cloth. I think that the sparks of moments that caught my attention were all right but i i i can't go all the way and call it good but what's, I, that, one, what, what's that rain that you have bex for it thanks i hate it yeah but i don't hate it i mean hell i think every single hellraiser film is going to be thanks i hate it for me <laughs> I, th- um, I think the ghost land might be a thanks i hate it thanks i hate it is it's good but it wasn't for me no it's shit <laughs> maybe you're suspiria no, I don't think I'm quite Suspiria. Yeah, that's like aggressively hate. <laughs> yeah, it is, yeah. Yeah, I don't aggressively hate it because there's nothing that aggressive about it. But our audience poll... Um, sorry, our doorbell. Uh, I was going to say, Bex has left the room. <laughs> yeah, our audience poll is uh, definitely not shit, 33%. Touching cloth, 17%. And shit, 50%. Yeah. 
Okay. Yeah, that's a that's a spectrum. It, it, it just all of those things together should have made something better, in my mind. Yeah, very much agree with that. And it, 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 even, and I can say all this because Becky can't defend it because she's not in the room. Uh, nice. Uh, but even down to the point of where they, it was overbilled as being going to be, this is going to be crazy. And the trailer made it look a little bit batshit and it, it ended up just being a bit shit. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. I mean, the trailer looked good and we were, we were, you know, we were looking forward to it. I just think that people need to stop trying to make weird movies and just make a weird movie. Um, hey, Hannah, you know, I think you really can't be a good rewatch of a TV show. Would you agree with that, love? Oh, yes, I would. Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I think during, you know, global pandemics, storms, all of these things, it's quite nice to just sit down and burn through something that you've seen a million Absolutely times. Absolutely nothing like a binge watch. Star Trek. Babylon 5. Because you could sit there for hours looking at serial killer documentaries. Absolutely. Uh, that Netflix. doesn't make you a weird person uh, at all. It doesn't. Yeah, you could watch documentaries that all seem to be about women killing men. Love you, darling. You could put off watching Daredevil for the 30th time. Harry Potter. But really, you can't be immersing yourself in the warm jumper of a rewatch of a show of or a, a franchise. Beloved franchise. A beloved franchise. Lord of the Rings. Twin Peaks. From VHS compilations recorded off television with the ad breaks, cut out of course, to DVD box sets of Sex in the City and, I don't know, Smallville. <laughs> Farscape. Quantum Leap. To giving up finding new content on Netflix and just having a comfort trawl through Star Trek The Next Generation or... Parks and Recreation. I think that we can all agree. There's a lot to be said for that. You can't beat a good rewatch. So, with that in mind, join Anna and Mike from Chinstroke vs. Panzer as we burn through some of our favourite franchises and share our immediate reactions to each instalment in both spoiler and non-spoiler sections. To do that, do a search for the rewatch project with Hannah and Mike on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or whichever your favourite podcast provider may be, or go directly to anchor.fm forward slash rewatch project. We are proud members of the Pod Syndicate family of podcasts. Hey, you like my voice, don't you? It's enticing and exotic and sexy. Well, unfortunately, I'm just a promo guy being paid to advertise a movie podcast, and I can assure you that its hosts don't sound anywhere near as classy. But don't let my superior vocal talents discourage you, and go listen to his film, Her Movie, the podcast where every episode, the hosts must each choose a film to watch and discuss that has a connection to the chosen theme of that week's show. So stop aimlessly scrolling through whatever streaming service you're on, and let his film, Her Movie, give you an idea on what to watch next. You can catch it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Tell you what, let's do some more what we've been watching. Mark, do you want to kick it off? Uh, I can't, because Becky's just still at the door. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> and I'm you're not, not watching watch anything solo. I've not watched anything solo. Okay. Okay. My, my life at the moment is just so busy. <laughs> okay. 
Uh, but I'm, I'm looking forward to in a few weeks when my life starts to calm down again and I can start watching a shitload more movies. Uh, what what I did watch that wasn't a movie that I did promise to watch the other week was I did actually watch Bob Ross episode. Oh, really? I did, yeah. Nice. Uh, Bex wasn't feeling well the other night and went to bed, but it was too late for me to start. I wasn't ready to go to bed because I wasn't really that tired, but it was too late to start watching a movie. And I didn't know when I'd have time to watch the other half of the half of a movie I would have watched on my own. Um, so I watched a couple of the things that I had left to watch on YouTube and then um, still wasn't quite tired enough. So, do you know, so I was like, do you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to watch an episode of, uh, of this Bob Ross show thing uh, that I keep on forgetting its name. Um, and so at like quarter to midnight, I went and made myself a cup of tea and then sat with some biscuits that Becky had made um, and my cup of tea and watched, yeah, Bob Ross paint a, a landscape painting. And you know what? It was really relaxing. <laughs> it was really quite... I, I can see why people, even people who had no interest in painting, um, would have watched these things as just like a relaxation thing. Um, because it, it, he is... Yeah, he's got the whole ASMR voice thing down to a T before that even existed. But he's just really jolly as well. But not like in a forced way. Like he's going... He's painting a tree. He's going, I'm going to paint this tree here. Because why not? I want to paint this tree and it's going to look good. And he'll go, oh, let's paint a little tree friend for him. There's a little tree friend he's got. Because it's your world. And in my world, this tree has a little friend. And he's like, this, this is brilliant. It's just, it's just nice. And you watch it going, I reckon I could do that. Reality is, I couldn't. But, <laughs> and, but I did contemplate that the idea of going, I could get all these paints. But I just thought, nah, I just fucking won't. I'll just watch a few more episodes of this. Nice. Oh, well, I'm glad you're enjoying those so much, bud. Fair play. Yeah. And, and then I did get, um, and I, I realised that it sounds like I am filling, but genuinely, what is it? One of the little link bits at the bottom was for uh, an episode of, you it, You might have been too young for this, but the, but like the British version was like a series called Heartbeat that we spoke about the other week. And so I was like, right, there's like a six minute excerpt from one of these. I'm going to watch that just to see if I can remember it. And it was a woman talking about a um, essentially like an old school, um, essentially like flicker um, picture, like a moving picture thing. Um, and she was like, and she's showing you it. And, and as it's going round, you're going, I mean, this was like a kid's show on TV. And that, that, that flicker thing that she's showing is a little bit racy. And she goes, ooh, we better stop that. Because it gets a bit saucy. <laughs> it's like, what the fuck? Nice. Yeah. So you, I, I think you might want to see what, <laughs> what you've been watching. Okay. All right. Yeah, sure. Is she still at the door? She's still at the door. Oh, fuck. I don't know okay. who it is. Um, all right. Let's have a banger here. Uh, the Amazon movie that they, they bought from Sony, Cinderella. Oh. Yes. Yeah. So, uh, written and directed by uh, Kay Cannon, who I believe wrote or co-wrote the Pitch Perfect movies. Um, First was a great it, movie. Yeah, sure, sure. Um, so, this is, you know, it's a retelling of Cinderella. Um, Cinderella, played by Camilla Cabello, Bello, sure, something like that. 
I believe she's a pop star of some renown, um, is a dressmaker who wants to live her life and be a bit of a girl boss. Uh, Adina Menzel plays her stepmother. Um, and yeah, uh, it starts off uh, as a bit of a jukebox musical. It's got a couple of original songs in it. Um, I was really, really hating it in the first five, ten minutes. Um, really, really quite aggressively hating it. Um, the and the key reason for this is the James singing. Carter. Sorry, is James Carden? No, I mean he's barely in it. To be fair, he produced it, and it was apparently it was his fucking idea. But even though then again, it's the idea just let's remake Cinderella because I'm sure lots of people have had that idea. You know. Um, but yeah, no, um, none of the singing sounds like they even attempted to make it look like it's in, in the, it, it's diegetic. Like it, it's, it all just sounds like they are lip, like miming to a, uh, to a backing track. Really, really brutally. Like it, the sound mix of this film is awful. And it feels like it was intentional. Either that or everybody was kind of sort of deaf. But it's really bad. And it really, really took me out of it for like large portions of the film. However, as it went on, I thought it, it had some decent jokes. Pierce Brosnan and Minnie Driver as the king and queen are a nice couple. Like and they they've got a nice kind of subplot going on which I which I wasn't expecting, um and yeah you I I I kind of got just caught up in the nice vibes of it all. It's it's been getting some like really like stinky reviews and I get it, like it it, it it's doing some very very obvious messaging. But it's not made for you. It's made for kids. Like, you know, like, okay, Billy Porter is the fabulous godmother. And yeah, 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 exactly. You know, um, but I I, I don't know what the pronoun for Billy Porter is. I'm ever so sorry. Um, He... Is say twat. Sure, but like I, I'm not. I'm not meaning to offend anyone. Like if like, and I I don't know. But he, they, I, I, she, who who whoever Billy Porter yeah, may be. He's a he. Yeah, he's a he. He's he is just a he, is he? Okay, no, absolutely fair enough. But I know. I I, I I appreciate what you mean, and I, I, I yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm not. I'm not trying to offend anyone. It's like I'll try, but yeah, I just. You're calling him a twat. He's a twat. Yeah, I don't know. He, 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 he is the worst of the look at me twats out there. Wow, we. Okay, I barely know who he is. I only know of him because, because literally, at the opening of an envelope, he'd turn up and go, Look at me. I only really know him in American Horror Story. How's he in that? Really good. Okay, cool. Yeah, no, I mean. He's a wizard. Of course. No, he does. a warlock, I think they are. Nice. No, I, yeah, I mean, he's all right. It's it just like, look, 
we watched it because Lottie, you know, and she was reasonably into it. She's kind of as into it as she gets with what watching a film at home. Um, but you know, we, we we watched the whole thing, and I didn't think it was that bad. I can absolutely see why Sony were like, yeah, let's just make what we can from selling this to Amazon. Thanks very much. And it, it, it these the selling of films to streaming services does feel for the most part like it is let's get out while the getting's good <laughs> yeah I, like I, I i can't maybe there is one but i can't think of one of these films that's sold to a streamer where it was like shit i wish i saw that in the cinema like or you know i mean like, i think without remorse felt like it belonged on a big screen yes but i can't say it was brilliant I you know like i i there's been none of them. Like, you know, coming to America, it felt like they that they it felt like Paramount made like bandits. Um, the Mitchells versus the Machines, actually, that is the fucking one where it's like I wish I could have seen that in the cinema. Good film, and felt good for the big screen. Yeah, it's a great film, Mitchells versus the Machines. Yeah, I'm. I'm Looking forward to watching that again for year's end type talk. I'm not saying it's going to be like like in the top five or anything, but surprises. Hell yeah. yeah. Um, Without question. But yeah, so Cinderella, it you know it's it's fine. It's it's fine. And to be honest, after that opening ten minutes, I'm surprised I'm saying that. So well done, Cinderella. Uh, we watched Jerry Maguire, which is available on Amazon Prime in in. 4k Ooh, is it yeah Ooh, it's i really like Jerry Maguire from, from from memory um but it, it, it's quite long isn't it yeah it's like two two and a quarter 220 yeah and that's why it's kind of always sort of put me off re-watching it recently yeah we um we we watched it like over a couple of nights um and uh, yeah, I I really really like Jeremy Maguire, Jerry Maguire. You can see why Cameron Crowe was like hot shit after it, and it it feels like a film that just won't be made now. You know, it's an original concept, but kind of like mid budget but big star. Um, it, it is very very focused on its characters and not necessarily the situation. You know, and it's it feels like films at the moment need to have some sort of narrative hook or be based on pre-existing IP. Whereas Jerry Maguire is it's a relationship drama, but it's as much about the relationship uh, of Jerry Maguire and and Rennie Zellweger as it is him and Cuba Gooding Jr. and him and Jonathan Lipnicki. It's like they they all get like good space to breathe for and with with that runtime um you know and uh cruise is charming um it's it's a sexy film i'll uh, you know it is um the them having sex for the first time is like that's hot you know straight up um and uh yeah no i i I really really like jerry Maguire, and the the 4k that they've got on amazon is is good 
looked really nice. Uh, so, yeah, uh, very, very hearty recommend for Jerry Maguire. Um, and the last one uh, that's kind of like not anything else in the show related, um, The Mummy. Uh, so, rewatched The Mummy for the first time in fucking years, probably like at least 15, if not 20 years. Um, and again, they don't make them like this anymore. Um, it, it's just a straight up adventure film with a sweeping Jerry Goldsmith score. Great like combination of CG and prosthetics. Um, Frasier and Vice fucking brilliant chemistry together. Um, few women on screen hotter than Rachel Vice in The Mummy. Like I'll, I'll I'll say that just in term it, it, well cute I suppose may may be the thing there more than like hot 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 but like oh my words like yeah um and yeah Frasier very very charming John Hanna really fun support I kind of forgot how big the cast of characters in it is though it's re- it's not just the three of them on an adventure. There, like, there, there are a bunch of other, like, other kind of like treasure hunters uh, around as well for like a good chunk of the film. They're and, all really well, like, fleshed out as well, like the supporting cast. Yeah, 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 they are. Yeah, because like that, for, like the first half of it is kind of like the like setting it all up and unleashing the mummy, and then the second half is basically the mummy picking them off one by one almost you know and uh, before you get the kind of more cg stuff at the end but even the cg stuff at the end it, it you know it's used relatively sparingly there's no big hole in the sky or, or something like that you know it, it, it just it feels and it also feels like it could have been one one and done you know uh, it, it, I, I, i'm gonna i'm gonna watch the mummy returns and I'm, I'm quite looking forward to it to be honest but um yeah, I was. It's a very, very satisfying couple of hours. Is the mummy really satisfying? Mummy, mummy's the one with the sandstorm, isn't it? That's not mummy returns. Uh, yeah, the sandstorm and like the face in it. Yeah, yeah the sandstorm's great. Yeah, yeah, it's absolutely. Um, at the plane. Um, um, um. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and and then it just cuts to Arnold Vaslu just doing like the mouth open thing while that's doing that as well. And it, it's oh, it's great. Mm. Um. But yeah, yeah, you're right. Rachel Vice is just the epitome of adorable in this movie. Ador- yeah, adorable is the word. Like, like oh, yeah. The bit where she like breaks the library and then her uh, response is basically like, "Oops." Mm. Just so sort of getting drunk and like Brendan Fraser's like, but I can't <laughs> figure you out. And she's like, "I'm a librarian," and yeah. she's so <laughs> proud of it. Oh, yeah. it, it's oh, it's great. It's great. Proper star making shit from from her here yeah um they're both great and their chemistry is great as well that's that's what that's what makes this movie is them off each other is great and you, you kind of you're really into like you're behind their relationship you ship them from the start yeah at modern parlance one yeah 100 percent. and um god i bet she and daniel craig are fun <laughs> yeah I don't know daniel craig doesn't seem like he'd be fun no i i reckon he's i reckon actually he's quietly a lot of fun but people have decided that he's miserable he's like i'm really not i'm actually quite a fun guy he looks kind of miserable though. i think he just doesn't like doing interviews 
Mm. I, I, I tell you what, again, the, the No Time to Die podcast has had a series of interviews with him and he's been great. Like really like kind of into talking about the role. Um, I, I, mean, I wonder when those interviews were done, because I wonder if that was kind of like done in lockdown or something like that, because he had that thing uh, a little while back where it was him and Mads Mikkelsen on like a Zoom um, reminiscing about Casino Royale. Yeah. And that was that was fun as well. You know, it, it's. um. Yeah, I, 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 yeah, I don't know. I, if I was to go out for drinks with us with a movie star couple, I think it would be those two. <laughs> they say your dad, don't they? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they live in Sorry, life. Rachel Vice and uh, Daniel Craig live uh, like about uh, forty-five minutes an hour away from here. Really? That's fun. Yeah, they've got a big place. Very, very secluded, but like a big place out. What is it? I'm sure it's one of their many houses, but yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, but yeah, they live just out there. Oh, that's great. That's great. Um, I'm done. I'm just gonna think on that for a bit and think how much I'd like to meet them. What, 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 what have you been watching? With? On my own, I've only watched one movie. I rewatched Coraline because I wanted to rewatch Coraline. I think we watched something and it reminded me of Coraline and. I watched it. It's good. It's Coraline. How does it hold up? Yeah, it's really good. It's um, I think it's 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 quite a nice kids movie in the like in the kids horror kind of arena. Mm. There's creepy elements and there's a little bit of peril, mm. but it never feels outright scary. Scary. I think it's a good like introduction to creepy shit for kids. Does that make sense? Yes. And it looks lovely. And the, 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 the weird little characters in the house are great. It's it's just it's just really good. And I think it's it's one of those one of the really good kids' movies where you can really kind of lose yourself in them, like really kind of give yourself over to just being enveloped in the world. I know you're not a fan. It, 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 and you're doing that thing. It's it's the it, I, I have a real problem with stop animation. Mm. Yeah, no, I get that. And it, it, well it, the, it, fact, the, the, the fact that the fact that there's nothing. It's just, I, I, they just, just, they don't get me. Because it's stop animation. <laughs> I think they should stop animation like that. Wow, that was crap. Yeah, I'll take did it. You in, did you enjoy that? At least it looks like nice, though. At least it's not like the fucking Aardman movies that are just ugly. I think that, that's where my stop animation thing yeah. comes from. Yeah, yeah Wallace and Shitting Gromit. People constantly telling me that Wallace and Gromit was funny. Crap. So crap. Awful. Um, but yeah, that was the only one I watched on my own. So what else did we watch, Becky? <laughs> uh, we watched well, the director's all ten Hellraisers. Sorry, <laughs> not yet. Not yet. We watched Commando. <laughs> yeah. There's oh yeah. So much murder. There's so much murder in Commando. So we were going to talk about this last week, where yeah, you, we had it watched the last twenty minutes, and you you were like, oh, we've seen it so many times, and I was like, no, 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 let's wait. Oh yeah. I forgot how much murder there was at the end of this well, movie, so I'm glad we waited. Yeah, we we because I think I would not have got across how much how much sheer murder yeah. there is at the end of this movie. Yeah, he's not on like a sanctioned mission there. No, no, he's just committing murder. He's all the murder, <laughs> so much murder, gleeful murder as well. Yeah, he really fucking enjoys it. Like 
I get the feeling like he could have stealthily done that a little bit more. Nope, just fucking just starts fucking throwing blade saws at people. Grenades. He's got a rocket launcher. Yeah, he rakes somebody in the stomach. (laughs) Yeah. It's there's there's so much murder. A lot of murder. And then there's that. And then, and then his daughter Jenny seems to really enjoy the bit where he murders Bennett right in front of yeah, her. Yeah, she's just like, "Oh, Dad." Yeah. He's like, "At least I'm Alana. I expected more from you." Yeah, and, and then at the end of it, he just fucking walks out, carrying Alyssa Milano and the American Army go, "Have you left it on for us to kill?" And he's like, "No." And then they just yeah. let him go from the stolen plane. Is there anything left for us? Just bodies. <laughs> yeah, it's like what the fuck. It's like, Murder. And then he goes think... off to start a new little family with his daughter, and he's kidnapped fucking. And the new woman girlfriend. he kidnapped. <laughs> Just bonkers movie. I love Commander. I love it's Commander, great. But like, I have forgotten how how crazy the end gets. Yep. And then that, I mean, the sartorial choices made by that Bennett chap. Well, how is it? How is it? You put it, okay? He looks like a leather daddy. Uh, like like when you <laughs> when you've got to fight. Uh, because... John Matrix at five, but you're at the leather bar at eight. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that that is what he is. Well done. Thanks. <laughs> it's oh man. That, what what the fuck, right? That, surely chainmail is made to be worn under something. Yeah, it's, it's like, an anti-stab not, vest. Yeah, it's not it's not outerwear. Well, but for, for for Ben it is. And he is deranged. I, he is an unhinged man. I do like the fact... Yeah, well, he is a very unhinged man. It's, it's brilliant. I do like the fact that literally John Matrix manages to goad him <laughs> for, for, for killing him by essentially just playing on the fact that he knows he's unhinged. <laughs> it's quite brilliant. Um. So, yeah. Commander is great. Are you looking for something? I wonder what you're looking for. The cat. Oh, I was concerned he got out. It'll come down in a minute. Um, what else did we watch, Becky? Uh, we watched the Rutger Hoyer movie, Split Second. Sweet. Because why not? He's on the stairs looking menacing. Is he? Yeah. Is, is he doing that thing where his eyes reflect the light? Yeah. It's like a demon. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Not Rutger Hoyer. No. <laughs> Have you ever seen the Rutger movie Split Second, Ian? No, I haven't. I know of it, but I've never seen it. So it's set in London in like like eleven years ago. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it's set in London in two thousand and eight, um, where essentially global warming has caused like there to be like it's not even that long, is it? It's like 17 days of constant heavy rain or something like that. Yeah. Which has caused London to kind of flood, but not that much. A little bit like that, what is it, um, Hugh Jackman movie we watched recently. Reminiscent. Yeah. I think that's proper flooding that, though. A little bit like that, though, isn't it? Mm. Um, And then he, he plays, yeah. Basically, this is so many different movies mushed into. Oh, one. it is, isn't it? Yeah. Also, a few episodes of the Bill. And a few episodes of the Bill, yeah. Yeah. Um, so he plays a a character called Harley Stone, who just seems to just travel the world, joining various police forces until he's kicked off them for being a bit of a nut job. Mm. <laughs> but in this I one, I don't think that's allowed, is it? No, I don't think it is allowed. Um. 
But in this one, it also at the same time has the like flashbacks to something that he's done years before, yet has said that he joined from somewhere else. No, no, no. I don't think when his partner. When he had an affair with his partner's wife, yeah. And his yeah, partner but I don't think that's disappears. supposed to be years ago. I think it's like. Yeah, three years ago. Oh, is it only three That's years ago? That's why Pete Postlethwaite is so angry with him. Yeah, Pete Postlethwaite is very angry with him, isn't he? Because of this man's death. Yeah, and then he lives... But, so Kim controls the, the wife yes. that he had the affair with. Yeah. And then he left her after he died. Yes. But he asks after the man who died's mum. Yeah. Of Kim Control. Yeah. With the bad hair. Yeah. And, and he lives on a diet, right? And this is fine. He lives on a diet of coffee cigarettes and chocolate so just throughout it the entire thing he's just eating chocolate mm. i can get behind that to be fair but it's an odd thing mm. isn't it yeah he eats um like the tunnock's tea cakes doesn't he yeah gives one to a dog he gives one to a dog yeah yeah um not supposed to give chocolate to dogs oh fuck off i'm not supposed to give anything to dogs dogs will learn to everything i can't know what is that um it's a really weird movie. Right, going to stop you there. According to the what is it in that situation? What is the what is it? Just just like the the, the internet and everything like that. It's oh, you can't give dogs anything because it'll kill them because they're allergic to it. Apparently, yeah, dogs will eat any old shit and be yeah. fine. Right. My dog, fine. my dog ate a lateral flow test yesterday. Was she was she positive? I negative. <laughs> She's not shit out yet. <laughs> We fived. That was what that was. So, she's she not, I don't pet? know. Yeah, she's fine. She's a fucking idiot, but she's fine. Um. Yeah, anyway, sorry. I did, but yeah, in terms of dogs will eat anything, my dog ate a lateral flow test. <laughs> I swear, my, my nanny used to give her dog, Tiny, who was a Yorkie, um, a cup of tea every night. Used to give him a cup of milky tea on the floor while she had her cup of tea that dog i swear lived to be about 500 years old but are you, not, fine. Are you not sure that dog is even still alive no tiny tiny's gone oh. uh, but th- tiny tiny was tiny only died a few years ago and tiny was around before i was born like i swear that dog was over 30 or something stupid i doubt that i think it was i doubt that that, that, that would old. make it the oldest dog in existence <laughs> it was right snaggle tooth little freak by the end though um yeah, Ian Jury plays a bar owner in this as well, doesn't he? Yes. It's pretty and good. Ian Jury in the blockheads, Becky. Okay. Hit me with your rhythm stick. Um... Yeah. Uh, yeah, Split Second is... It, I, I can see why it has cult status. It was fun. I will probably never watch it again, but I can see why it has cult status. The, the thing that's quite odd about it is like I say, everyone else apart from Kim Cattrall, Pete Postlethwaite, and Rutger Hoyer are in the bill. Yeah. And they're in some. Well, Pete Postlethwaite is in some in some police procedural, but a much glossier one than say the bill. And then Kim Cattrall and Rutger Hoyer are in some fucking post-apocalyptic, futuristic noir shit. And Neil Duncan, his, the, the partner, just changes halfway through it from being like a, uh, like the nerdy guy to like he's a. Yeah, don't you give him some chocolate or something? And he goes weird. Yeah. And he starts talking about how much he fucks his wife. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a very peculiar movie. I mean, I'd recommend it. I, maybe. 
not to normal people, but possibly to Ian. Possibly I think Ian, Ian would maybe yeah. get a kick out of it. I think Ian maybe get, would get a kick out of it, yeah. Okay. It's on Amazon, I believe you watched it? I think it was on Amazon. Yeah, okay. And it's only like okay. 90 minutes. It, it would be good to watch with a few beers. Oh, absolutely, yeah. But saving the beers for the Hellraiser films. <laughs> you might need something stronger for Hellraiser, Ian. Maybe no. get some Jack. Jesus fucking wept. Yeah, it's on Prime. Split second. Yeah, so that, 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 that's what we watched this week. Cool. Okay, great stuff. So um, let's move on to Gunpowder Milkshake, which is directed by Navot Papushado. It stars Karen Gillan, Lena Headey, Carla Cugino, Michelle Yeoh, Angela Bassett, uh, Chloe Coleman and Paul Giamatti. Um, oh, Michael Smiley's in there as well. So, story on this one. Karen Gillan plays a hit woman who uh, is kind of left in a diner by her mother, played by Lena Hiddy, when she was younger. Um, she's growing up in her mother's footsteps uh, because her mother was a hit woman as well. Um, but some shit goes wrong when she kills a guy and it turns out that he was stealing some money to basically save his daughter karen gillen then rescues the daughter and then shit goes sideways so becky did this film live up to the title gunpowder milkshake which is a very evocative title even though it doesn't really make an awful lot of sense but go on yeah, did it did it kind of live up to, to that? You know that one Tyra Banks gif that does the rounds that's like the we were rooting for you gif? No. That's that's this yeah. film is the, the film version of that gif. This it disappointed me. It could have been like they're clearly going for John Wick with chicks. And it Jane just, Wick. Jane Wick. It just spectacularly under delivers you know there's there's people in there that that we know can do action scenes fight mm-hmm. sequences fight choreography mm-hmm. and they are sorely fucking underused even karen gillen can mm-hmm. she's you know in fucking marvel movies and she fights and shit yeah all, all right some of that will be stunt doubles and stuff like that but she will do some of the basic fight choreography yeah. in it and it, it's all just so toothless the fighting stuff in this is toothless there is one one badass shot that i don't want to give the badassness of it to the person that gets it because it's laying a fucking heady and she's shit in general but there's the one bit where she jumps over the desk and she's got two guns in her hand and it's it's actually kind of a badass shot but that's about it um angela bassett isn't great in it which um, is a very rare thing people can say. Carla Gugino is really underused in it. Angela Bassett is barely in the fucking thing. It's mm. bloody Angela Bassett. Yeah. I, I just I was I was so disappointed to be honest. Like and the the story's the story's quite an interesting story. It, it could have been so much better. It looks it looks nice. Like from a like a shooting point of view, it looks good. They've made the world look nice, but it's just that there's far too much fucking slow motion in this as well. 
like there's bits where the, there's like they'll they'll shoot someone running to kind of hit someone but they put it in slow motion so you're there just like yeah come on then fucking come on then jesus yeah. christ you've been you've been running to hit that one person for 10 minutes now and i'm bored i don't care now yeah i don't care if you hit them now i want yeah. to hit you now the emotional heart of this movie was Carla Gugino and she's barely, again, barely in it. She was the only one that fucking emotes properly. Yeah. yeah. Really, really, really fucking disappointed. Yeah, no, fair enough. I really wanted right. this to be great. Kind of got the feeling this might be a short review because I fucking agree with everything you just said. Mm. Um yeah, I mean, to, for before we um, hand over to Mark, I, I may as well just go because I'm basically going to say the same thing, and then at least we got the element of surprise with Mark. But um, like it, it's a wild card. <laughs> it fe- again, it felt like one that oh, it's on Netflix in the US and it's been sold to Sky Cinema in the UK. I'm not surprised, you know. It, it, again, it's just one of those. Okay, it got, it did actually get a bit of a theatrical release like i watched this on now tv i could have driven to the showcase by me and actually seen it uh, on the big screen i'm glad i i'm glad i didn't i'm really glad i didn't because there's barely anything in this that makes it seems big screen it feels like a pilot for a tv series where it's going to be about these badass women maybe like being like the a-team or something you know like and it's while being stalked by Paul Giamatti's like new goons or something it just yeah it it felt like it was will this do we've got a bunch of iconic female actors and they do a little bit of kicking ass will it will this do you know like we're, we're gonna tell the most kind of just derivative hitman befriends young child story except they're both girls will that do it didn't it it felt like it was going it it almost felt like an seo engine coming up with a female-led action film um yeah i like very disappointing um i thought the one action sequence that had any imagination to it for me where she couldn't use her arms and she's just kind of like flopping them about all over the place while while doing the action i like i I thought that had a nice silly air to it and then the rest of the film does seem to take itself pretty seriously and I, i really did disengage and I don't know. I mean, Paul Giamatti, I'm sure it was a nice, easy paycheck for him, but it's just very, very uninspired. Um, yeah, really, this, yeah, that that meme is ex- exactly where I'm at here, Bex. Mm-hmm. I, I, two very disappointing lead reviews for me this week, personally. But, Mark, I'll throw it over to you. Did this look like it was just all shot on a fucking set? Or did was there any fucking aspect to this for you that actually felt like, oh no, this actually has some production value to it? No, it, it, it was the it, it was a very much a uh I, I had your voice in my head saying this just looks like it was shot in a car park in Georgia um, mm-hmm. throughout it. Mm-hmm. Um it is one of the most undercut movies I've seen in a long time. And I don't I I don't think you can blame budget or anything like that. You've got 
Um, you've got a really good cast and Lena Headey. Um, <laughs> so oh, yeah, fair. It, 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 when you when you have Michelle Yeoh and you don't give her anything to fucking do, yeah. and she's literally playing a badass fighty person. Yeah, and you don't give her any badass fighting to do apart from just choking people with chains. Yeah, she still when she still has the best action and it's still a bit crap. It, what are you doing? Um, the the story is just like you said, Darian. It's really derivative. It's like, really? Really? And the fact that it is so achingly trying to be John Wick mm. is is kind of pathetic. It really is, yeah. It, it's, it's a little bit embarrassing that... Um, the, the thing is, no one will notice. We'll go with a library instead of a hotel. Yeah, everyone it, will notice. It, it just it feels a little bit like, oh, come on. You know, you, you can rip things off, but at least kind of try and do something different with it. Mm. And I, I'm I'm a little bit surprised. One of them, Karen Gillan getting involved in it. Fair enough. She thinks that it's what is it. Or Andrew Bassett getting involved in it. Yeah, it's paycheck. Uh, any, any, anything like that. But to get all of them? Yeah. Um, Andrew Bassett is Lena usually... Lena Headey, I can understand. Lena Headey, I can understand. Because, because that's, it, this is her level. Um, <laughs> yeah. But the problem is, everybody else that's in it, it's not their level. It, they are a level like, above. Even Karen Gillan is levelling down with this movie. Uh, by a great... What is and, it? Uh, She's in one of the biggest fucking movie franchises going. A lot of people probably don't realise it's her because she's blue. Uh, yeah, but she's also she's in not um, the from it, is um, she? movies. She is that she's movie. very good in. She's really good in that. What's that horror movie she's in as well? Oculus. Is it Oculus? Yeah. That's really good. Mm. Oh my god, watching that. Um, but it, it's. The, the 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 fight choreography the yeah you said the 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 one where she's got the answers like that that was fun if they could have replicated more of that fun throughout it it would have been that went on for far but it did far go on for too long, long. it did it did go on for too yeah. long yeah um the the car chase one was quite I, I thought it was quite amusing but but it just none of it goes anywhere. The whole thing just doesn't go anywhere. It goes to the exact place you're expecting it to go, and it ends. It, it, it's it's snappy title, crappy movie. Mm. The thing is, that, like another thing mm. that felt a bit odd was, you know, the bit where um, she finally rescues the daughter, mm. and she's like, "Oh, is my dad coming?" Um, oh no, I'm here to save you. Oh, that sounds about right. He never, he never comes. Like, why even put that bit in there about him being a shitty dad? That was unnecessary. It felt, it felt like an extra layer that they just didn't need. Well, Lux didn't take it anywhere. No, but but, but uh, look, because nobody needs any men. Like nobody, all men are horrible. Like, I, I don't. I'm, I'm teasing. I, mean, I don't, I don't think shit, it was that. I'm sorry. I'm you pretty, all are pretty. Shit. I am pretty fucking great. I spent all day with me and only mildly hate myself. You've got a really good beard as well. I do, yeah. I do like to stroke. Though. See, there was no beards in that. There was no beards. Um, apart from Lena Headis. Um, <laughs> I think what we can all take from this is, Mark like is I don't like Lena Headis. Yeah. 
I was so sad that Carla Gugino died as well. Like when they took her off in the car after the shootout and stuff, I was thinking, oh, maybe she's not like fully, fully dead. Maybe maybe they're going to like fix her and then they're burying her. But that they, made me they, really sad. they even had a child with headphones on listening to a song where we get an action scene while the song is playing. You not like that. John Woo did it. John Woo does it. Yeah. Uh, don't just... It, it, it felt like a, 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 like literally the, the writer and the director just sat down with a bunch of action movies from the past 30 years and then just borrowed bits from it. But not even in a, a homage kind of way, just as in a no one will notice kind of way. There isn't a single memorable scene from this movie and we only watched it a few days ago. They didn't even use Paul Giamatti well. No. They got one thing right. What? The casting of the young... Karen Gillan was decent. That's it. Yeah. Yeah, she was. She was. But when but when when you found somebody who looks a little bit like somebody is the best bit about your movie. I'm trying to give it mm. some. I didn't also like the fact that 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 when they had the milkshake and they were both taking massive fucking straw glugs out of it, it didn't go down like at all. Why? 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 It just it, it, style of a substance, and it had zero style. But the thing is, there's there's good elements that, that that had the film been good, and you know, let's be honest, it probably won't. But if it had got a sequel that could have been expanded upon, the idea of the diner being like a no gun diner and being a meeting place is kind of a cool little touch if it was in a better movie. But it, the idea of the library with fucking weird shit stashed in all the different books would have been good if it was in a better movie or a TV series. It would have made a better TV series. But it does feel like somebody found in a trash can a bunch of rejected John Wick ideas and then made a movie out of them. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, it's not going to disagree with that. It's shit. And it pains me to say this, Becky, because you are right. I haven't seen this GIF, but I feel like it's the correct GIF to use. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's gunpowder milkshake, definitely shit. Yeah, where are you on it, I was touching cloth earlier, but it is it's it's shit. It's shit. Yeah, and I, I think we were, I, I I was rooting for this because I thought it looked good. I, yeah, I really wanted it to be good. This will be in my disappointments for this year. Yeah. I think because I really wanted it to be good. And it's way too long. I know you don't like me saying that, okay. No, I, I mean, just it is, think though. fucking draw a line in the sand at 90 minutes crap. But this movie should have been 90 minutes. This it, movie should have not cause, been. Because then it would have finished 25 minutes earlier. Mm. Oh, oh, audience poll. Becky has sent the gif. Oh, what was the audience poll? Let me just have a look at this gif so I can see it. Uh, oh, it's not loading for some reason. Oh. She's very angry there, isn't she? Really angry, yeah. Um... Uh, Definitely not shit. I don't think I'm that vociferous towards my rooting for it. Um, <laughs> definitely not shit. Ten percent. Wow. Touching cloth. Thirty percent. Shit. Fifty percent. And geostorm. Ten of the percents. Nice. I'm really upset. This was that bad. Mm. 
stop trying to do John Wick but with a girl. They need to stop with that fucking shit because there's been too many movies that have been John Wick but with a girl. Well, have you not seen that question yet? No, I haven't. No. <laughs> well, get ready. Shit. Okay. Okay, so let's finish it off with the patron review. But first, should we have a look at last week's results? Yep. Okay, let me pull them up. So we had Don't Look Now, we had The Red Shoes, and we had Showdown in Little Tokyo. I did that off from memory. That was right, wasn't it? Yep, that was quite good memory. Go me. Okay, good. So. The winner with 75% of the vote. Becky makes it two for two. Next week, we will be talking about the red shoes. Fuck, we've got to find six hours to watch the red shoes. Yeah, that film is long. Yay! I mean, it's fucking brilliant. Oh, I feel a bit emotional. That's two hours fifteen. It is. Got six hours then, is it? You bullshit merchant. I, I get, do, do I do I get to tell my uh, my 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 Oscar story as well? Go for it. What do I want to tell it now? Can do if you want. I've held an Oscar. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I I've held an Oscar. It was one of the ones that the Red Shoes won. Because it yeah. was at the Bradford um, Film and Television uh, Museum. Oh, that was the place where you used to always go when you were going somewhere else and your mum got lost, wasn't it? Yes, it was. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, and we were there once um, and they were cleaning out like the, the cabinet thing that this, what is it, was in. So the, the, the Oscar is there in a cabinet, in a glass fucking cabinet case, right? So that people can't touch it. Yet when the guy decided to clean it, he cleaned it in the middle of the day when the place was open and just lifted the glass case off it and started cleaning it. And the Oscar was just, he moved the Oscar to clean underneath the little mat thing that the Oscar was on and just put it on the side. And I happened to walk by and went, is that like a real Oscar? And he went, uh, yeah. I was like, can I, can I touch that? And he just went, yeah. <laughs> and I literally just picked it up and was like, this is fucking mental. That's pretty great. The guy was like, and I was like, should I be doing this? And he went, probably not, but are you but you're doing it? it? No. And he's like, I was like, look at it. It's like, this is, and it's weird. They're, they're actually weirdly heavy. And then he just went, I was like, thanks for that, mate. And he just took it back off. He cleaned it, put it back in the thing, and then put the thing back off. And what's up? I was like, that was an odd experience. <laughs> Man, that's cool. Yeah. Um, so, go on then. What's everyone's? What is it? Right, okay. So I've got one and it's been chosen in... Oh, God. No. In in light of the fact that we're making Ian watch two Hellraiser movies next week. Oh, you've been nice to it now, aren't you? Yeah. So I, I am putting forward Pompoko because it's delightful. Oh, that's nice. Nice, delightful little watch with loads of little light raccoon men just bouncing around being little fat raccoon men. I think they're raccoons, aren't they? Are they all with the testicles? With the testicles, yeah. But it's also, it's got an underlying, like, political sort of agenda going on. So I think that would be interesting to discuss. And I think that Pompoko should be required viewing for, for, for children so that they have, you know, 
an underlying like thing in their brain about the environment. What's yours, Ian? Uh, I am going to go for uh, David Lowry's Ooh. Disney remake. Um, I want to talk some Pete's Dragon. Oh, nice. Yeah. Do you know what? Do you want to know what I was going to pick until you agree? Until I remember that you agreed <laughs> to and suggested, in fact, Hellraiser mm-hmm. scanners. Okay. Yeah. Probably. Well, I decided not to do much that with me this week. Yeah. Go on, dickhead. What are you going with? <laughs> so you've gone for Pompocker. Yeah. A fun but politically charged children's film. Ian's gone for a remake of Peach Dragon. And as ever, <laughs> I'm coming in like the Kool-Aid man. <laughs> I've picked Poison Ivy. Oh, that's a good choice. The fucking yeah. Drew Barrymore one. The Drew Barrymore one. I've picked oh, a yeah. film where Drew Barrymore, aged 17, seduce a early 60s Tom Skerritt. <laughs> cool. Yeah, it's- I think I, I just remember Poison Ivy's pretty decent. Because, because, because I enjoy never watching the films that I pick. And because you're a pervert. A little bit that, yeah. A little from uh, column A, little from column B. Poison Ivy's a good film. Maybe. I mean, it's better than a lot of the stuff you pick. Thanks for that. You are welcome. So next week we'll be watching Pompocker or... Oh, I might become a patron just so that I can vote for your film. Don't! I want to continue my losing streak. I mean, you do seem to be picking films with, with that as an aim. I, I, I just think that our patrons are going, oh, I'm fucking, I'm not interested in that fucking filth monster. <laughs> One of these weeks, though, they'll throw you a fucking bone and feel sorry for you and you'll get it and you'll be like, shit, I don't even really want to talk about that. Well, like, do, do the lot I want to talk about. I just picked it to be a dickhead. Pick the loft one week. I'm sure people will throw you a bone. <laughs> Fucking loft's a great movie. Um, it's actually a really good movie. Yeah, I mean, it's fun. Right. So, let's get on to the last review of this week. And it is Becky's winning choice for this week's patron review. We're going to be talking about David Lynch's Lost Highway. Uh, starring uh, Bill Pullman, uh, Patricia Arquette. It is Patricia Arquette, isn't it? Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Robert Logia, Balthazar Getty, Robert Blake, Richard Pryor, for yeah. what I've seen his final film role. Forgot about that. Um, and uh, plenty of others. So, where to start with Lost Highway? Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Bill Pullman and Patricia Arquette are a couple who start receiving mysterious VHS tapes, which seem to like basically say that um, someone is filming them while they sleep. Uh, Bill Pullman has a, one of the most unnerving conversations anyone has ever had in cinema. Um, and then um, shit gets really more weird from there. Um, so. Becky. I'm going to start it off with you as this was your choice. Um, was there enough Marilyn Manson and Ramstein in this for you? 
you know what? I didn't I didn't really notice the Marilyn Manson Manson and, and Rammstein. It more just it, I was just like, oh, David Bowie. Twice because it's at the start and the end. So mm. I just really enjoyed the bowiness of it. Mark. Yes. Was was there enough shagging in this for you? Did it fucking satisfy your bloody needs? There was there was a lot more of Patricia Clarkett's boobs in this than I remember. There is some solid titty action. Boobs. But yeah, I, I was... I, the thing is, when it... Because I remember there was a little bit of uh, of, of, of of sexy stuff and, and, and nudity <laughs> in it. Um, but I'd forgotten quite how much there was in it, especially in like the last third. Mm. And there was bits where I was going... Ian's going to be well uncomfortable during this. <laughs> Ian's, Ian's going to be like, just just going, oh, fucking hell. Ian, Ian's going to be at that level of, oh, God, if Donna walks by and then goes into the kitchen and then walks by in another 10 minutes, she's going to go, are you just watching porn now, Ian? And it, it will be a little bit like that. I, I, I mean, I had... To, I, I... I walk, she walked in while I was watching Showgirls and I basically had to explain the cultural significance of Showgirls and that I genuinely was watching it more as a curio from the oeuvre of Paul Verhoeven than anything else. Fair, and it's more comedy sex than anything else in that anyway. Oh my it? God, yes. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, yeah. I'd, Not but anyway, sorry. Not getting fucking railed on a big screen, is it? Mm. I mean, it makes me want a projector. <laughs> um, fair play, to be fair. But yeah, it's um, yeah, there is there is there is a lot of burning, isn't it? In it, there is. Um, it's yeah. <laughs> Thing is, I wasn't really uncomfortable uncomfortable with it. I just thought it got boring. But I, I, honestly, I right, I'm ever so sorry. I. I I like this film enough, but it felt like someone trying to do Lynch or Lynch trying to get down with the kids a little bit, if I'm honest. Um, I think, you know, Mulholland Drive is more the personally what i want from like this like this flavor of lynch um even in land empire um just for the fact that in land empire you, you, you like you, you just there is absolutely no point in following it from very 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 early on in that film it, it, it it's a collection of short movies smashed together yeah yeah ex- yeah quite Whereas with Lost Highway, it feels like it's dropping breadcrumbs for you to work things out. And then it just goes, actually, do you know what? Nah, let's just have Rosanna Arquette being like rather angrily fucked. And uh, then her angrily fucking Balthazar Getty and then saying, you'll never have me. I did enjoy that bit bit as well. Yeah, no, I bet (laughs) you did. One you you will never have me, and then just fucks off. Yeah, and then just literally just disappears. Yeah, amazing. I, 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 yeah, I don't know. I just, the first half hour, like the basically the pre-Balfour Sargetti stuff, I, I think is 
tremendous. I've, really, really unnerving. Like, Bex, the, the Bowie is fucking perfect. Mm. Um, and, like, the, the conversation with Robert Blake. Um, and then the, also the fallout from that. Where it's like um, Bill Pullman saying like, "Oh, who's who's that guy?" It's like, "Oh, I think he's a friend of blah blah blahs." Uh, Dick something. What's his name? Um, fuck, I've forgotten. Dick Laurent. Dick Laurent's dead. Yeah, and he's like, you know, well, Dick Laurent's dead, and he's like, "What?" Do you, that, that other guy, uh, Alex, uh, whatever his name is, is like, "What do you mean? What, what do you mean he's Dick's dead? He can't be dead. How do you know Dick Laurent?" He's like, "I don't." It's like. I don't even know how I would know that he's dead. And just that idea of your, like basically having this conversation with this person and then essentially your perception of what you know and what you don't being twisted is fucking unnerving. Um, The Balthazar Getty stuff starts, the vibe changes and, you know, I, I'm kind of into it. Like the, the scene where he takes the drive with Robert Logia and Robert Logia beats the shit out of that guy because he's tailgating him that and it's like uh, it, it's it's fucking brilliant. Like so that's the thing. Like there are moments in this film, but I will say I really really think that the joy for this film is confined to the first two thirds, and then the last third I'm just like all right. This kind of just looks like a 90s music video and somebody wanting to push buttons. And I, I know that's not what David Lynch is trying to do. I know that. But it feels like sub Lynch Lynch in the final third for me. Silence. I, I get what you mean. It's the sexuality in Lynch's work tends to be more of a kind of repressed sexuality, doesn't it? It's not often as overtly on the screen as, as it is in this. Like, it's, it's not even that. I just, I don't, I, I just, I disconnect. I don't care. I, I don't have a reaction to it. Mm. I'm just watching it play out and I don't care because all like the stuff I was enjoying about the film has just been replaced with Patricia Arquette slowly walking up to Robert Loggia while she strips off. And it, I, like, yeah, I don't, I, I don't care. It's like I say, it didn't make me feel uncomfortable. I felt fucking sorry for that other girl who gets fucked over by Balthazar Getty. Um, but I, I, yeah, like I say, I don't, I just don't care. I, I don't know it's uh, what I like about Lost Highway is whichever way you kind of whichever read of it you take you can you can you can follow it through in a few different ways you can either follow it through as this is just what's happening he has magically morphed into Balthazar Getty he gets out of prison he goes and does this shit or you can kind of look at it in the timey-wimey thing in that obviously when he gets the message that Declarant is dead, it's actually him giving himself the message and the lost highway from the beginning is the lost highway from the end when he's running away from the cops. And then there's all all the sort of various implications of the timey-wimey shit and then having to work out, right, okay, so what fits where? And then there's the, and it was all a dream kind of element to it, wherein he's in the cell 
And then on the Balthazar Getty shit is him imagining what his life would be if he was the person he wanted to be. Um, so there are a few different reads on it, but I think sort of in in the Lynch kind of body of work, I think it does stand out as a little bit of an oddity. Uh, there's none of the kind of small towny vibe, like even Mulholland Drive set in LA. Yeah, you know, which isn't obviously a small town. You've got Naomi Watts is like a small town girl and she's moving into like this residential unit, which is like its own little small town within L.A. Like you've still got that kind of seediness under the niceness vibe, whereas there's not really a niceness for the seediness to be under in this. It's it's, yeah, it's not it's not um, blue velvet peaking, you know, over the white picket fence yeah, uh, yeah. element of it yeah mm-hmm. it's not the it's not the dark side of americana it's mm-hmm. the um it, it's the it's the, the dark side of the darker side yeah yeah of um of, 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 you can get to 90s culture to be honest mm. um that, that's that's there it's a um it in terms of how it fits in within the lynch things it's not as it's not as mature filmmaking as something like Mulholland Drive. No. Which I think I think you could probably say is Lynch's best film. Um, it's yeah, more yeah, closer yeah. akin to the, 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 the chaoticness of something like Wild at Heart. Yeah. But Wild at Heart is Lynch essentially doing a rom-com. Yeah, that's what Wild Heart really, was. You know, you've got a linear narrative there as well. Um, I mean, Lost Highway. Lynch literally says that Lost Highway was um, subconsciously inspired by the O.J. Simpson. Oh, really? Um, killings, or the O.J. Simpson trial and the whole and all of that. Mm. You know, he, he said that he he'd become fascinated by that, and at the same time, he was writing um, Lost Highway. Mm. And so the, the the bits were that quite weird, you know. And th- th- that's where the you know the man killing his wife thing comes from, and stuff mm. like that. Um, I'm fairly sure that Richard Burke, who plays the mystery man, actually did shoot his wife as well um, years later. Wow. Um, but it's a uh, whereas something like Blue Velvet has um, Hopper's character Frank. It is Frank, isn't it? Yeah. 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 Um, Lost Highway feels like a collection of Franks. Yeah. It's a very... Lynch makes quite angry um, films. Mm. A lot of his films are quite angry. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Um, for that. And it, it's a there's, a... there's a there's a clear kind of... There's a clear darkness to it. Uh, and... Lost Highway, I would say, there's an argument state that Lost Highway might be his angriest movie. Mm. It's a, it, it, it's 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 an unpleasant movie, full of quite unpleasant characters. Mm. Um, nobody really seems that that nice. Nobody seems that content, and nobody seems that. It's the, you have everything and you're still not satisfied. What's his name? Um... 
Both Saga is parents seem quite lovely. Yeah, yeah, they do. When Gary when Busey Gary is the Busey, most grounded character yeah. in your movie, <laughs> he's your most grounded character. Then, then you know you're in. Then you've got to look at. You it. know you're in Lynch country. But then the, but then you've got some, and I, 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 I agree. With Ian, it, it, towards the end, it does. There is maybe one too many. You know, I don't. We, you don't need that in it. There's, there, there is an awful lot of yes. You're, you're for a good. 10 minutes you're bouncing around uh living essentially in a Patricia Arquette collection of sex scenes mm. for a good 10 minutes mm. it's not one it's it's six or so mm. various different what is it and it just feels a little bit like okay there wasn't somebody I love Lynch as a filmmaker I think he's fascinating I think he's brilliant and he's made some of the best content but what what Oh, don't refer to it as content. Um, I just mean it content because mm. of the because of Twin Peaks mm. thing. But what made Twin Peaks, what the secret ingredients of Twin Peaks, wasn't as much Lynch or Carmen and anything like that. It was um, shit. Matt Ford, mm. Matt, Lynch, Frost. Matt Frost, sorry, uh, uh, Matt Ford, the guitarist from Black Rose. Um, <laughs> okay. Matt Frost, literally, literally going. No, no. Let me not. Let me do this. <laughs> yeah. uh, and that, that, that sometimes that that reining in. It, it is something that maybe needs needs to be done yeah. uh, for that, and it's it, I, it, I know that that thing is stifling creativity and something like that. But it, it is why uh, Lost Highway is a four and a half out of five film rather than a five out of five film for me. Have you even got nobody? Be, because I just think that, that that maybe there was a little bit of I, I also think that if Lynch went back to it and looked at it, if he was that kind of filmmaker, would maybe go, do you know what? It doesn't maybe need that. It doesn't need that. I think once he's done, he's done. But but I do think he once he's done, he's, he, that's that's his that, that that's his thing. It was. But there's plenty of other stuff that he's not done that he's that he's done. Sorry, without that restraining hand, which is yeah. which is great. But I just think that, that, that in this mindset, I still mm. think he was angry about the Twin Peaks thing. Oh, Twin Peaks. Yeah, we made. I mean, he made Blue Velvet because he was angry about what had happened with June. Mm. He made. Um, I think he made this because he was angry about what happened with Fire Walk with me. What happened with Fire Walk with me? It was it was poorly received. Really? Fire Walk with me is fucking But it was great. poorly received. Yeah, it was really poorly yeah, received like, at the really time. Really bad, like, booed at Cannes. Um, and he made, uh, and, and well, actually Twin Peaks Fire Walk with me is probably his angriest movie. And he mm. made that because he was angry at what he'd had to do with the second season of Twin Peaks on TV. Mm. And it's a nasty little movie, actually. There's, a, there's an idea that, um, you know, straight story he made because it, it felt like a cathartic piece for him to make a more mature piece. And mm-hmm. it is, it, it, you know, it's it's a wonderfully sweet movie. Still never seen um, but it does seem like Lynch makes his most provocative movies when he's angry mm. at something. Yeah. Um, and I think the reason why he doesn't make movies anymore and hasn't made a movie in 15 years and might never make a movie again exactly. is because I just don't think he's that angry anymore. Yeah, so do we need to go around and, like, kill his cat or something? But I think his transcendental meditation would stop him from getting angry about it. I want another Lynch movie. I'd love another Lynch movie, but I'm not sure we need another Lynch movie now. Uh, to be fair, we had Twin Peaks The Return. I know it's not a movie, but as yeah. a undistilled we, bit of lynch for hours and hours yeah, no but it's it, no it doesn't count in, in 
the majority of what it's here. But no, I, I really like Lost Highway, but I can see why people have problems with it. However, it does have great moments like they like the tailgate in scene, mm. like the uh, the the, the, the like absolute wish fulfillment shit for, yeah. for a viewer in it. Like the first <laughs> um, the first um, when you introduce the mystery man. But I mean, just the, the second one with the mystery man as well, where Robert Lowe's just like. Yes, I got someone that... who wants to speak to you. But and I was just really... like, no, I don't want, no, no. I, I want no more of him, please. Yeah, and it's the way it's lit and the way that his yep. makeup's done. Uh, yep. But then you get him again, where you get him being angry with Fred and yes. then just following him with the video camera. It's... I, I mean, it was amazing. Apparently, apparently, Robert Blake did his own makeup for it as well. He was just like, Lynch was like, do what you want to do. And then he just turned up with that white fucking paint all over his face. Yeah. It's like the fact that Lynch didn't come up with that. And this this person just went for it. You know, oh, my God. Yeah, it's I, I think. Lost Highway is one of those. Uh, on, on movies for, for, for me in the sense that I I watched it it wasn't my introduction to Lynch my introduction to Lynch was with Twin Peaks but I watched it when I was quite young um, but I remember um, my first Lynch film I watched was Wild at Heart when I was maybe 10 um, and then but I remember this was the first Lynch film that I watched where I watched a Lynch film and I was watching it because You're it was away. a David Lynch yeah. movie. And in the VHS era, it was like because obviously when it came out it was an 18 and it would come out and I was like 15, but I was fucking itching mm. to watch this movie. Do you know what my first and so when it um so when it came out uh on, on video, I didn't even like I didn't even just rent it. I fucking just bought the fucker for fifteen ninety nine, <laughs> and then came home and like just like that night watched it and was like, holy fuck! I I think I actually watched it, stopped it, rewound it, and watched it again straight away at like two in the morning. It was it was that like for me, uh, but it's but it is one that I can only watch every five or six years. But I still really like it. But it does. It is a four and a half out of five rather than a five out of five because I don't think it's perfect. But I think it's fascinating to watch. Two things. One. One. In response to Mike's Twitter comment, sorry, Mike, but time differences. Um. Yeah. I mean. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Mike, come at us. Just if if you want to stay up really late or get up really early next week and come on and do your do a little mini review of it, you yeah. are quite welcome. Or if you want to send us an audio clip. Oh, yeah, that'd be great. We'll play it. Yeah, old school. Yeah, old yeah, school. Um, exactly. Other thing, Ian, what was your first David Lynch? My first Lynch? Wow, that's a great question. Um, I went to see Mulholland Drive in the Bristol Watershed when it came out. Um, so that was, what, like 2001? 2001, yeah. Uh, Twin Peaks... Hmm. Uh, okay, so I first watched Twin Peaks Fire Walk with me when I was in sick form before I'd actually watched Twin Peaks. So a lot of it was confusing. Um, <laughs> so sick form would have been around the same time as Mulholland Drive. I'm thinking now, 
Dune I first watched on a DVD that I got free with a paper. And that was when I was in uni. Um, fuck, this must be really boring. Hang on. <laughs> um, I'm going to say, I think, Blue Velvet. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah, I think Blue Velvet, then, like, Wild at Heart, and then into, like, Twin Peaks and Mulholland Drive. Yeah. I've also never seen The Straight Story. I know, I know you mentioned that earlier on. I Like, yeah, I... I feel like I probably do need to watch that. I mean, Richard Farnsworth got nominated for an Oscar for that as well. So, um, yeah, that 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 should get watched one day. Um, I wish I liked Lost Highway more. I just, yeah, I, like I say, I just, I vibed with it pretty hard for a, for a good chunk and then just dropped off. Never mind. Fair enough. Yeah. But it's still, it's still definitely not shit. Don't get me wrong. Definitely not shit. Yeah. What I'll say is, I think I'm just looking at it with Lynch. I think you just go only... to the toilet there, Mark. Yeah, I did. Yeah, uh, the toilet flush. That was good. Yeah, uh, I, I, I could still hear everything you were saying because I had the doors open. Oh no, yeah. no, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Number I one think, or two. Um, I think I've seen every Lynch film at the cinema. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm going to answer the question because neither of you are clearly going to ask me. Which one if you answer? Yeah, mm. go on. What? Um, my first Lynch movie was The Elephant Man. Was it? Yeah, at quite a young age as well, and it's quite it's quite a disturbing. Yeah, it is. But I'd read a book about The Elephant Man and about his life and stuff like that, like a non-fiction kind of. Yeah. Um, and then I was like, oh, there's a movie about it on like BBC Two. I'll watch that. Probably shouldn't have. No, you probably shouldn't have. Cried. Man. Not surprised. Yeah, it's good I, though. Elephant Man's really good. I went to see uh, Elephant Man and uh, a razor head um, in a double bill. Yeah. Yeah. Who'd you go with? On my own. <laughs> in fact, when I went to see all of these movies at the cinema for various different things, yeah. I, I, it was all of them were on my own. Oh. Yeah. You didn't come to see Mulholland Drive or Inland Empire with me. No. All straight story. No. No. This, do you know, I, th- I think Lynch lends itself better to home viewing, to be honest. Oh, I don't know, my, my Mulholland Drive, going to see that and then coming out of the cinema and going, what? <laughs> <laughs> was quite good. Oh, our audience poll. Oh, what, what's do. yours? Because Ian's already said his. My first Lynch? So what about that? Dickhead, you'd rate him. Oh, uh, d- d- definitely not shit, yeah. Yeah, same. Definitely not shit. And our audience poll was definitely not shit, 69%. Touching cloth, 19%. And shit, God, 30%. that's appropriate. Sorry. Yeah. What? Appropriate that it's 69%. <laughs> For such a horny movie. Yes. Uh, questions. We have some. We have two, I believe. Uh, so first one is Andrew Jones. Um, says... If you ran your own film festival individually, what would your main prize be called and what kind of film would win it each year? Um, So mine, my grand prize would be the Call Me Tony. Um, So when I was younger, I used to smoke a lot of weed. 
in essentially a friend's shed. It's quite a large shed. This was with the friend, wasn't it? You didn't just like go to like a friend's uh, shed, like with no, the no, no, no. I don't think it was a shed. It was more like a garage that had been kind of like fitted into that, just like seats everywhere and whatnot. And um, we used to sit around. There'd be like shit loads of people actually. Probably, God, that must have been really big actually. Um, but yeah, it was quite a lot of us. Was it and, like a barn uh, in Rise of Justice? That would do. Rise of Justice. Dawn Riders of Justice. Justice. Riders of Justice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everybody goes to the barn. It's really interesting. We need all need to see the barn. Um, so, yeah, no, and it, it was a, a, a friend of mine, and um, he uh, had said, for some reason, we're all calling each other, uh, like, kind of like made up names that we all wanted to be called because we were stoned. And uh, he wanted to be called Tony. And uh, I, I and we were chatting, and I was like, isn't that right, Tony? And he just looked up at me and just went, call me Tony. And at that moment, I thought straight away of the MGM logo with the, with the lion. <laughs> Except instead of roaring, it just goes, call me Tony. So my awards would be the Call Me Tonys. Um, what what kind of film would win it? Probably the most stoned or like out of whack, but also kind of wants to be taken seriously film of the year. Um, and I'm kind of trying to think of, I think like Midsommar or Hereditary would probably win it, where it's like the Ari Aster Award. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where it's just like very high on its own supply, but no matter what it says, it wants to be taken seriously. So yeah, Midsommar would win the inaugural Call Me Tony. <laughs> Becky. Um, mine would be the Fallout Award because it's currently the highest rating that I can give on the podcast and I think it works. And it would just be given to the movie that brings me the most joy. So, like, obviously Fallout would win it. But, like, something like Greatest Showman would win the Fallout Award as well. Just the one that just makes me feel happiest inside. That's what Fallout is. Mine would be called The Dumbasses. Yeah, of course it would. Of course it would, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I- and it would be it would be an award given to the film where where the majority of the audience as they're walking out would go, what kind of dumbass would like this? And then I'd be walking out going, I really like that. That tracks. Most most of the shit movies that you watch. Yeah, most of the movies that I watch so that nobody else has to, and I really like them. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. The type of movies that the actors that were in them even forget they were in them. Fair. Yeah. Nice. Uh, we have another question. Um, from Rick Kidd at Rich Kidd. Uh, I watched Kate the other day. Uh, it's the latest of an increasing number of female-led action films. We've seen Theron, Chastain, Beckinsale, and others as the lead in these films. Who would you like to see next? Nobody. They just need to stop it. You need to pick something. Until, I don't know, someone properly, like, actually good at that shit and fairly badass, like, I don't know, maybe a Zoe Bell. She could do one. 
she would actually do the fucking stunts herself and stuff until they can actually write a movie a gender neutral action movie and then cast a female in the in the lead i need them to just stop doing it i need them to stop being nudge nudge wink wink look it's the female john wick because it just doesn't work like if they can make one that's just right this is an action movie who shall we put in it i'm i'm quite looking forward to the, i'm quite looking forward to the 355 for that because i'm hoping it it won't just be look at all these women like look at all the women we got together here look at all these big stars yeah, I mean, my answer would be Rebecca Ferguson. I want her to lead an action franchise, which isn't like fucking centered around the fact that she's a woman, but just the fact that she fucking kicks ass. Mm. But I'm 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 hoping for the three five five, but we'll see. Uh, Jessica Chastain makes interesting choices, um, and I'm a little bit worried that it's a choice that will be more for the look at what I'm doing, which I'm I'm ever so sorry, but I kind. of... I get that whiff with Jessica Chastain quite a lot recently mm-hmm. um, yeah. ra- rather than anything else. But yeah. Yeah. Rebecca Ferguson's a good shout to be fair. Cause she's, sh- she's shown her chops in like the mission impossible movie. Mm. Like that, that could work. But I just, I just need it to stop being blah, 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 blah. But with a woman, what? you know, in some scenarios that works, but with stuff like oceans that does work, that would work with a male cast as well like it mm. could be the same film but with a male cast it's not pandering mm-hmm. uh but the interesting thing about Rebecca Ferguson is she's literally saved um uh, Tom Cruise's Cinema. life in those films more than mm. he saved her mm. she's very much I thought you were going to tell me some juicy story about a stunt that went wrong and she saved him then like, I mean with... probably <laughs> she <laughs> mm. I don't want her being second fiddle like she's second fiddle an awful lot and it, she's she is actually better than that you know i mean like even with like the girl on the train um god fucking, yeah that was yeah you know second fiddle to emily blunt the mission impossible film second second fiddle to tom cruise reminiscent second fiddle to Hugh jackman i would say she's third fiddle in the uh girl on the train thing Doctor Sleep though she's second fiddle to no one. Rose the hat owns that fucking but, movie but yeah but then but, it works yeah. Yeah. but i mean but technically who is the lead of that film ewan mcgregor no, I mean to be fair, Doctor Sleep is one hundred percent going to be getting a rewatch in the next few weeks. Yeah. Shit, maybe I should watch Midnight Mass. Oh fuck you, Becky. I what I've said, <laughs> what I've said to Becky is I've agreed to watch the first two episodes with her. I'm so excited. And, and, and I've said, and if I'm not, if if it's just not my thing, or if I'm just not what is it, I will I will go upstairs and watch Joey Duke with Polly Shaw. I make you a deal. If if you watch the first two episodes and you're happy to watch more, I'm gonna tell you. We will switch it off and then we will watch it at an, a reasonable pace. If you watch the first two episodes and you're like, nah, I'm out, I will send you to bed and I will watch the rest. Okay. Yeah. Is it is it is it a Stephen King? No, it's not. No. So Midnight oh. Mass is something that Flanagan's been trying to get made for years. In Hush. Um, yeah. The which character is it in Hush? One of the characters is walking around with a Midnight Mass book. In I think it's Bly Manor, same thing. He has been banging on about this and trying to get it made for years. Yeah. And it's finally fucking happened, and he's got a really solid cast, and he's got 
the cast is made up of his like regular collaborators so like it's people he's worked with and knows he can get the best out of and i just the reviews that are coming out about it are just absolutely like pouring praise all over it stephen king tweeted the other day saying it was fucking great so that that's enough for me but all of like there's just been because um obviously there's been some advanced screenings for like people that are going to get the word out and review it but there's been an embargo obviously on any proper information um but then they did a uh, an rsvp event yeah where you fit what is it yeah yeah and you got to watch the first two episodes a day early i just missed it did you i tried to get it for you but i just missed it um and like the, the stuff that's coming out of that it's like but the 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 online like the Twitter marketing from Flanagan and from the Midnight Mass account and from the cast has just been so like spot on for getting people excited about it. Like they've they've basically provided people that that had the RSVP event with like a t- uh, like a, a tile to share saying I took the vow of silence to to say like no spoilers but it's fucking great and it, it's it's just all over the place. I mean obviously I follow the right people to see it all over the place. Yeah. You live in your bubble, don't you, on Twitter? But I just I could not be more excited for this fucking thing. I'm yeah, so all right. excited. All right, fair enough. I, I may well try it. Okay. I'd, yeah. I'd, I'd love it. Do you know what? I'd love it if you both did and liked it, because then I can I, I can talk to you about it on the on on the podcast. If, if but, you don't watch it, obviously I can't. But if you if you hate it, it's fine. Let's just remember I'm watching two Hellraiser films a week. Yeah. So, I don't think this will be that though. No, no, no. I'm just saying, you know, you're already winning. True. Yeah. You, you, it's right up your street. There'll be some good Catholic, like, Catholic guilt going on in this. Tight. You like that shit? I do. Catholic guilt is tight. (laughs) As a cinematic trope, I think he means. No, sorry, it's, um... Uh, I don't, that that might be uh, Noel will hopefully laugh at that. Um, sorry, moving on. Uh, just a, a, a screen rant, a screen rant pitch meetings. Uh, you on YouTube, they're very very funny. Um, anyway, moving on. So, no, move on. Sorry, it's an obvious one. It's Sharon Stone. No, she's she's in the like Rosamund Pike. It's Rosamund Pike, <laughs> but but I don't want to like like I don't want to like fucking kicking ass for bad guys. No, I want her to go on like a mission, and she's just fucking killing like single mums or something like that. Just fucking just a real fucking dickhead fucking thing to do. <laughs> I thought you were gonna say, were you at Fright Fest that year that that film Red, White and Blue played? Yes. I thought you were gonna say you wanted her to be doing that. Yeah, now just like just fucking going around, just fucking killing like fucking single mums like in front of the kid. Right. <laughs> just, 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 just <laughs> real hell, fucking man. shitty fucking stuff. Wow. Wow. What? Just not nice. Well, I, I don't think I want Rosamund Pike to literally do that in real life. It'll be what? a movie. <laughs> no, not unless it's in front of you. Yeah, that's fair enough. I, I deserve that comment. <laughs> Oh my god. Um right, coming up next week. Um oh god, I can't think straight now. Jesus Christ. Oh we've got David Lowry's The Green Knight. We do. Yay! How exciting is that? Um 
Only <laughs> Cinema, uh, I think in Wales showing it, is uh, the Everyman in uh, Cardiff Bay, and they're charging £13.60 a ticket. So I'm not seeing the Green Man on the, the the Green Man, the Green Knight on the big screen. Unfortunately, have you guys got like anywhere showing it? Uh, every man. Uh, but it's a bit of a twat for us to park and get there, isn't it? Mm. Kind of brutal. It's you know it's on Amazon Prime. I'm hoping it's 4K. Um, yeah, you'd like to think so, but it's fucking entertainment that's still distributing it, so who knows? Yeah, um, it might be in 480. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Pan and scan from a VHS that David Lowry didn't even make. Oh, don't. Because you're right. Um, <laughs> okay, um, so, yeah. It's, you start oh, watching sorry. it on Amazon, it just says, sorry, this title is still arriving. <laughs> just Hermes have just fucking lobbed it over the fucking gate. <laughs> nice um so uh yeah okay uh we'll also be um covering something else that's just completely dropped out of my head fuck me that's not good um got the green knight many saints of newark many saints of newark thank you the film that i'm actually going to the cinema for yeah the 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 three of us that have collectively i think between us watched an episode of the sopranos (laughs) Yeah, I think I've watched a few episodes um, like, yeah. in season three. Because <laughs> just smoked weed and watched it. So, so yeah, that, that, that could be quite interesting. But apparently you don't need to have watched The Sopranos to appreciate it. It's just you'll get a lot more appreciation out of it if you have watched The Sopranos. Yeah, like a decent, decent gangster pick seems to be the thing that's coming out of it. And that's absolutely fine. So, uh, yeah, we'll be covering The Many Saints in Newark as well. And also uh, the next patron's choice, uh, the Red Shoes. So it's a nice buried lineup, isn't it? Wow, wait. Um, but that's the as well, only two dollars a month. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. Only only the patrons get to hear that fucking joy. <laughs> oh, God. You see, you brought me down again now. <laughs> You'll love it. No, so I won't. Ask alcohol and just just drink the phone away. That's what Pinetta told you to do. What? He'll tell me to do what? Drink the pain away. <laughs> Drink the pain away. Well, what does he sound like? You have to wait and see. Great. Hello, drink the pain away. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think Pinetta quite as menacing if he sounded like that. Your soul is mine. Oh, is that a thing that he says? I think he does say that, yeah. Oh. Right, bye. You've mentioned a more terrifying now. <laughs> oh, God. I just... It, they, they, uh, I don't want... I don't want that puzzle box. I don't want that puzzle box. Do you? No, I don't. going to open it and your skin's going to get pulled off. It's really amazing. Didn't we literally have one of those puzzle boxes once? Oh, God, of course you did. <laughs> no, oh God, Becky's just sent me a gif. What's the gif? It's a fucking Hellraiser gif. That fucking uh, heads advice to you. No. What's that say? No tears, please. It's a waste of good suffering. <laughs> God, that's a very low resolution image. Yeah. 
Yeah, I don't know why it's gone like that. I thought it said no teams, please. I thought it was like some sort of meme about Microsoft Teams. No one likes Teams. Right. I'm going to need you to not send me these. I'm going to send you on a day. <laughs> no, oh, fuck's sake. What, who the fuck's this guy? Is he like replacement actor, Pinhead? I don't know. This one's good. What, what, is it in Margit's? Uh, I am forever. Um, yeah. It's going to haunt your dreams, Ian. I know. I mean, I, to be honest, I'm just that second guy. It's like, is he just a different? Did they recast Pinhead? No, I don't think they did. No, I think it's... I'm not Maybe sure on that. Just, you know, had a good day on the pastries. But yeah. Oh, great. All right, brilliant. Um, let's let's leave it there. Thank you ever so much for listening, folks. And I'm sorry that I, I, it, it, I've been low energy in the start and the end of this. It's just I don't really want to watch Hellraiser films, <laughs> I've decided. And I'm going to have to now. I'll hold you through it. Yeah, it's just aren't I mean there's ten of them. Aren't the later ones just going to be shit? Yep. All right. God, she's just done another one. Oh, for fuck's sake! What's going on now? Meet the team. Oh God, who are these guys? (laughs) Okay, the one on the right I can get on board with. Um, is he the one who eats the kid? Yeah. Right. Okay. What's the what's the one on the left deal? She's got no eyes and shit. Lips. Yeah, he's got no lips. Been ripped off in some kind off. of sex play. Yeah, they do actually get ripped off in some kind of sex play. Yeah. Actually, they do, yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. To be You're honest, have a whale of a time. They, these like these seem like people I can get on board with. I don't know. I'm excited. Maybe, maybe it's going to be all right. It's going to be good. You're going to love it. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to keep telling myself that. Right, uh, thank you ever so much, Mark. Thank you very much, Ian. Fuck you, Becky. Wow, you suggested it. <laughs> I didn't suggest it as a Patreon. I mean, you suggested it as a, as a marathon. I, I suggested it as some films I, I'm going to try and watch. Not that's once... where you have to. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it's great, isn't it? It's yeah. fucking brilliant. It's great. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, great. You are great. welcome. <laughs> Ian's gonna watch these like wait what a white he's making dinner and it'll be on on his phone with his phone in his pocket. <laughs> phone knife <laughs> facing him just at the side <laughs> and be like, Yeah, I watched it, what do you think? Yeah, it was, yeah, it was it was it was alright. It was really tasty. All right, yeah. What? <laughs> the spaghetti, I mean the film. Yeah. Tasty. The, the 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 thing is, unfortunately, I I respect actually doing the the work for the podcast too much to do that because I wish I could. I reckon though, he'll have it on, but he'll be like angrily slamming shit around because <laughs> he'll be so pissed off that he's watching it. Be like, right, I'll have a fucking beer then and slam it on the table. No, no, I think I'm just going to be bike. depressed. You are. I think I'm just going to be depressed. Oh, you love it. You can't be depressed watching a Hellraiser movie. They, what I will say is, as they get more throughout them, they just become more just fun and just silly. Yeah, yeah. They're very silly from about number four. Yeah, the first ones aren't. No, the first couple aren't. But they do get very silly. They do. Some okay. are. Some of the later ones aren't. No. They infer a police procedural. Yeah. Okay, I, I can get down with that. That's the Derrickson one. 
that's the Derrickson one. It's like a police procedural one. And there's, yeah, it's quite interesting as Inferno. It, it's, because I'm not going to go as far as to get to say it's good, but I do remember it being interesting. <laughs> I never loved right. I praise. All right, we'll see. I'm going to go and like, justify to my wife why she might see me watching these fucking things over the next month. Get to watch Maria. She'll love no. it. <laughs> Fuck off. Um, right thank you uh, I already said the thank you and the fuck you so um, thank you very much for listening folks uh, take care and we'll uh, speak to you next week cheers bye, bye. this podcast is part of the pod syndicate valley for more criminally compelling shows articles and conversations head to wearepodsyndicate.com <laughs>